in a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions. Only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. Yo, what's the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, the Professor, a.k.a. Tony Dunn, and I'm ready to debate. That's right. Nah, it's the C3 Panthers Podcast, bro, and it's where Panther fans get together and hang out, chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions. You can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore. Chronicles. Yep, that's it. At cat underscore chronicles. You can be a part of this dang show by calling in at 252-228-5098. You can smash that thumbs up button. You can subscribe. And you can tell everybody that likes the Carolina Panthers that it's knucklehead Panther fans trying to grow Panther Nation with the longest running Panthers podcast. And I do it with my homies each and every week. Co-host Cody Lashney here. How you doing, my friend? Tony Don, what's up with you, brother? Man, as they say, uh, we're spicy out here in these Twitter streets, huh? Like uh, we are, uh, we're, we're causing controversy out here, man. And uh, I love it. We're gonna keep on doing it, man. I love, I'm I'm feeding off the energy of uh, people disagreeing and uh, telling me we don't know anything about football. I love it, man. I live for it. I guess it's my inner troll. But nothing changes the fact that every Tuesday night, I love coming, hanging out with my boys and talking about the Carolina Panthers with the best Panther fans in all of YouTube. And they're here with us right now. Tony, Joey, the Blind Panther, Esquivel, Lee Trotter, Brad Dugan, Nick Montadero, Chef Jeff, my cousin. What's up, brother? Shane Welch, Underground West, Tim Tizzy, Tony Dunn. Ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. CK in the house. How you doing, my friend? Glad your son is not peanut popping. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Man, having a having a good day. Um, not quite living the dream. Now I'm I'm having a really good day actually. Um, so uh, do you want me to tell your wife not- about your purchase? Mm, let's. Uh- don't don't buy new graphics cards folks but and if you do do it on the low down don't tell your wife about it well if you're gonna do it triple the money that you (laughs) to put down to do it um you know uh nonetheless yeah i'm having a i'm having a good thing you know good day uh things are going well just ready for 2020 to be over and uh hopefully uh we'll uh be able to say that we're happy with whatever the outcome is as Panthers fans. The beardless baby in the house, Greg, the bat daddy. How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. A little colder, you know, no beard. It's kind of, oh. kind of weird. First time in years, but, uh, I'm thinking about growing my mustache out and like being able to curl it up and developing, mm-hmm. developing some kind of laugh because I'm apparently becoming a big villain around mm-hmm. Panther nation. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm going to embrace that role. Because I stand by my word and, and, and what I believe. And, and, you know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And I, I win either way. If I'm wrong, that means we have a good quarterback. And we'll see what happens. Well, that's future. because we'll you are a rebel, according to your background. There you go. There you go. Favorite Disney princess right there. <laughs> All right. Don't forget, <laughs> folks, uh, my bookie is the place to go if you want to place a bet and safely and securely on the internets. Late fall, college ball, the NBA bubble, UFC, Fight Island are all going. It's clear 2020 has been unlike any other 
which is why you need a sports book that offers like no other. Get some skin in the game with my bookie where odd boosts, lightning deals, and free bets away all season long. And with Turkey Day right around the corner, there is no better time to feast on some NFL action. Whether it's your first time customer or been playing with my bookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, contests that they offer every week. Sign up and get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. Make the right play by using by signing up at mybookie.ag. And when you go to mybookie, you're going to use the promo code OVERTIME. That is the promo code OVERTIME to get your deposit matched halfway, all the way up to a thousand bucks. The terms are simple. You put in two hundred bucks, they'll give you a hundred in your account. If you are already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at mybookie. Use the promo code OVERTIME. Guys, the Panthers coming off a really good game on the road against the former Super Bowl champions, or the reigning Super Bowl champions, I guess you should say, with the Kansas City Chiefs. 33-31, opportunity at least to win late. Competitive game. Panthers were ahead at many moments in this game. Exciting uh, to see this team continue to progress. We're a couple of days removed from the game, Cody. Your thoughts looking back at the Panthers win over the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, or the Panthers yeah. game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Excuse me. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, looking back on it, I'm still, uh, I'm still kind of feeling the same way I did. I'm, I'm proud that we were even competitive in that football game. No one thought that we were going to be in it up until the last minute. Um, and you know, I think as time went on, I think I feel more bad for Joey Sly. Like having two opportunities on one of the biggest stages to kick the longest field goal in the NFL, having two opportunities to do it and not being able to, um, man, it's just a rough one. Um, I'm still proud of this defense, though. I still like what our coaching staff is doing. Um, I think they've done a good job at uh, accentuating the talent that they do have and putting them in positions to win. Um, it's looking like I'm right on Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel has been showing out and has been a real asset to this team, both as a receiver and as a running back. You're going to win that bit. Yeah, which is something he hasn't done uh, since he was uh, at Ohio State, uh, played the running back position. And um, mm-hmm. he has that wiggle to him also, man. He doesn't go down upon first contact. Uh, so shout out to Curtis Samuel. And um, – uh, I think Christian McCaffrey uh, might have died for that game. <laughs> he might have died for that <laughs> L. Um, so I don't know. Um, I think uh, I didn't feel good about Christian coming back. And even though he did look well and had two touchdowns, 69 rushing yards, nice. Um, yeah, man. I, I I don't know what to think, man. I think um, I'm, I'm wishing now that maybe that uh, McCaffrey playing wasn't quite worth it i think it was in the aspect of that was by far the funnest game to watch as a panthers fan all season no doubt doubt. and it had a lot to do with the fact that christian mccaffrey was there and curtis samuel was there can we talk about how little they use dj moore and robbie anderson like 
Well, Robbie Anderson did get nine catches for 63 yards. He had 13 targets, so he was involved in the game. Uh, DJ Moore, three targets, two catches, 18 yards, and congrats again to Curtis Samuel. I believe this is his first 100-yard game as a receiver. Nine catches on nine targets, 105 yards, and a touchdown, as well as three carries, 13 yards on the ground. Uh, But you're right, DJ Moore was not part – Actually, I won't say he's not part of the game plan. He just didn't get the ball. And uh, Curtis Samuel was the guy. Curtis Samuel continues to show out. Looks like he's trying to get paid. Christian McCaffrey also with 10 catches on 10 targets, 82 yards, continued to be a dynamic force, injured on the last drive of the game. So, yeah, is that um, it, it was – I don't know if it was taking what they gave us and that's why Curtis Samuel was there or why DJ Moore's kind of targets went down in this game. Um, Matt Rule addressed it, and he just said kind of like sometimes it just is that, and I'm sure that DJ's wanting the ball more, and, you know, it's not like we're not trying to get him to it. So get it to him. All right, a couple of days removed. Greg, how you feel? Uh, you know – I feel kind of the same way Cody does. I, yeah, I didn't don't think the needle moved for me at all, really, with this game. Even though I was impressed with some of the things, and you know, like I said before, I'm not a Teddy Bridgewater hater. Uh, I just like to bring up comparisons, and people get angry about that. But um, he had some impressive things in this game, like that fourth and fourteen rush and the dive. I was impressed. I jumped out of my chair. I was excited. It, it made me excited to watch Panthers football. I was like, yes, that's awesome, and I give him credit for that. He had some good passes. Um, couple of somewhat deep balls that were caught with amazing catches that I guess you can give him credit for. I mean, he, he made the passes, so, you know, yeah, there's yeah. great for that. Um, but all in all, man, I, I still feel kind of the same way I did. And, you know, it's like I said, I'm not a Teddy Bridgewater hater. I just want people to, to, to focus on the reality of what things are instead of what we want them to be. I'm, I'm hopeful it's better, but I'm focusing on what the reality is. He hasn't sold me yet. I and mean, can I just say real quick it. that no matter – Okay, it's obviously that that obvious that we're not big Teddy Bridgewater guys mm-hmm. here on this podcast. But I think the fact that we're not what you don't at mention him and tell him you were his favorite fan. I mean, the, uh, I think oh, that the fact sorry. that we're so vehemently, I mean, not really. I think that we're fair on Bridgewater. Yeah. I, I, I don't mm-hmm. think that that like we say he's not a horrible quarterback. Or that he's trash. We're just being mm-hmm. realistic about the limits and why you wouldn't want to build the future of your football team around him. But he is a stopgap, man, and everyone wants to say that we're haters or whatnot. We're not haters, man. We're just being real. We're calling it like we see it. And I think we provide a lot of evidence to back that up too, man. Two carries for 19 yards really put his life on the line. Uh, CK, how do you feel a couple of days removed from this game? I still feel really good about what we saw from our team. You know, I think take out the – I mean, once again, we as as a whole, we're looking at Teddy Bridgewater as the weakest link. In all reality, he's not. That's not he true. Real, it's not, we're yeah, not saying yeah. he's the weakest link. No, no, no. That no, no. is what a misconstruction. Construition. How do you say that when you misconstrue I, something? What I mean by that is not saying you guys are saying the only reason we're not winning is because of Teddy Bridgewater, but we have multiple times said we we've lost because of him and that that would put him in that category as being the reason we've lost. But nonetheless, Teddy Bridgewater is 
did a phenomenal job, an absolutely incredible job doing what he does. Right? That's what it is. Teddy Bridgewater was at Teddy Bridgewater's best. And I think that's where some people have a, you know, that's why I'm happy about what we did on, on Sundays because I think we executed at a high level on a lot of different fronts outside of being injured on defense and having some missing key pieces and obviously a questionable linebacking core. I mean, we we held our own against, if not the best team in the NFL, one of the best teams in the NFL. And, and to Teddy Bridgewater's defense in this, that was a top five rated passing off, or defense that we were facing. Yeah. Yeah. So th- I think that's why you saw Curtis Samuel and Christian McCaffrey so heavily uh, favored is because their best assets were on DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson the entire game. Only person that was able to kind of make a, a difference was Curtis Samuel because he was not drawing the attention of everybody on the field. Right. Um, but, you know, like I said, he made some he made some good throws. He made uh, you know, I, a couple of days removed to answer the question. I am highly impressed and also concerned that we're going to win some of these games that we shouldn't win and then end up continuing down the path of mediocrity for a while. I, I do want to contend right now. If, if I want to contend one point you made is I don't think Teddy Bridgewater has lost multiple games for us. I think it's only been one game where it's been problematic. Like where he's been and it was that Bucks game where he turned it over a lot. And I wouldn't even necessarily say lost it, but he had the opportunity to win it and there it did. Right, right. And and but and so another thing, I don't even know who it was. Somebody mentioned me talking about Patrick Mahomes making that throw to the bottom corner of the end zone. And they're like, Oh, you're gonna compare Teddy Bridgewater to Patrick Mahomes? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, take out Mahomes, insert Rogers, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, and Russell Wilson. Like again, that's what we're saying that even that kind of throw wouldn't have been available to Bridgewater, I feel. And by the way, I do want to do a, a little bit of um, revision from what we said uh, on the postgame show. Looking back at it, yeah, Dante Jackson uh, didn't play great. But then there were a lot of times that I felt like he was in decent coverage. But Tyreek Hill is just Tyreek Hill. Right. And, and He's amazing. And, and, yeah, and, and that, Mahomes and is cool. amazing. And yeah. he just throws the big old Teddy D out on the table. Patrick Mahomes that, that, does. That's kind of the thing too, right there, is how we measure a lot of cornerbacks. I know a lot of people are like, "Well, they got burned by Julio or you know uh, Mike Evans." Well, you're talking about Julio and Mike Evans and Tyreek Hill. I don't expect, unless you were an elite top, you know, quarter cornerback, to cover them perfectly. Even then, I don't expect you to. So for me, it's just a cornerback that does well in coverage most of the time against the average receiver, not against superstars. But that's what yeah, they it's get tough. paid for. It's, it's tough. That's what, that's what top, that's it what does. It is what he get paid for, and he is kind of a cornerback. He was drafted to, um, or he is the guy that you want to put on a Tyreek Hill, right? And so that, yeah. that's the yeah. part that I have a problem with is he was he was drafted as a speedster who can who can cover the fast receivers like he was on Jackson and he's a ball uh, hawk. I don't. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, I mean, he's like second or third in the league in interceptions. I think. I mean, 
If, you watch, bar, yeah, if yeah. you watch the game, he gets burned too much, and he gets injured that. too much. I get that. I mean, yeah, I'll give you that. He's definitely injured too much. And he's had some good plays, but, I mean, I cannot tell you enough, guys. Like, if you watch his interceptions, he's not, like, he's not making these incredible breaks on a ball. A lot of times they're mm-hmm. overthrows, and he yeah. just happens to be in the right spot. I mean, and he's making the catch, and I'm not going to take that away from him, but that's just the reality of it. Yeah. Like, that's what he's doing. But, I mean, and, and so we saw Sunday – when he faces a great quarterback uh, against uh, somebody who is, if not faster than him, of equal fast, you know, speed, mm-hmm. and he got burned bad. Like it wasn't, it wasn't middle. Like it was a multiple deep, deep threats that he was just not. He gave up deep throws. It's it's also harder to run one on one with a receiver as a defender because the defender you don't know what the receiver's doing. The receiver's in complete control. They yeah. can run any direction they want to and go as fast as they want to. You've got to maintain speed or try to adjust with them as I go. So it's a little harder for a defender to keep up with that. I don't know if he's faster than Tyreek Hill or not. I don't think he is. I think they're – so so Ty, Tyreek Hill yeah. uh, never got to run the combine. He but, might not yeah, be yeah, faster, never, but he's the type of player that you is supposed to is supposed to hang with him. But you can't – it's like – it's really a disadvantage. Wide receivers have such an advantage over corners. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, you just get their hips the wrong way. Mm-hmm. It's all over. And so, I don't yeah. know how to feel about Dante. I, I would say this is that we got one more year with Dante. Uh, but he should not. I think the bigger news right now is that, well, one is that I think we look back and we had a lot of high praise for the coaching staff, you know, is that Teddy Bridgewater had his arguably his best game of the season. Uh, and in many ways, this offense had one of its better games of the entire season. Defense, while, yes, having a better defense on that field gives us an opportunity to win, I don't think anybody are going in there thinking we're supposed to win that game. Like, watching that team out there, that's like one of the best efforts you can give. The big storyline is the return of Christian McCaffrey, though, the $64 million man or whatever it is, Christian McCaffrey, who has missed upwards of four weeks now, I think, with a high ankle sprain, comes back and returns uh, full go. They did not find a way to vary his usage. Sorry, is that like if there's a criticism about Joe Brady or any offensive coordinator, it's how do they not – have you ever seen that uh, that test? The, it's called the marshmallow test, where they leave the kids in a room alone. So what they do, it's like a sociological experiment or a psychological experiment. I think it's psychological, I guess. So they put these children by themselves in like an interrogation room almost, and they put a marshmallow in front of them. And they say, I'm going to go outside. I got to go do something. If I come back and you haven't eaten this marshmallow, I'll give you two. And, like, these kids have to look at this marshmallow. And some of them just eat it right away. (laughs) It's so funny. I mean, some of them are, like, licking it. (laughs) You know, and they're just, like, salivating over it. Rarely does anybody make it or do these children have the longevity or like the foresight to wait to get the second marshmallow. Christian McCaffrey is the marshmallow test for when it comes to offensive coordinators. Right? And so they cannot they cannot resist using him. 
Mike Davis got one carry in this game. Well, I, I want to say one more thing before we move like too far away from Christian McCaffrey. Can we also just mention that it's a continuation of a trend that we were hoping wouldn't happen to us? The moment a running back gets paid, normally uh, the I very next time. year, now we're dealing with the same thing. Now McCaffrey is missed most. It's of almost the like year. any player, though. Well, but I mean, not not in it. No, there are some players that they get paid and they ball out just as hard. But look at Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett's man. Look at Michael Thomas. Aaron Donald. Yeah, my, yes. well, well, but I, 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 <laughs> that was Miles a joke. Garrett, that was a joke. Yeah, dude. Well, I'm saying, Tony, you guys just to tell me off track, bro. But, uh, but, but no, yeah, no, I'm just saying that I think it, it, it's uh, it's worth mentioning that yeah. you know uh, once again we paid Christian McCaffrey the money to be the star on our football team, it's kind of common knowledge that you probably shouldn't build and pay around running backs, but yet we did. And now he's, Mike Davis has meant more to us this season than McCaffrey, and that's mm-hmm. unquestionable. But here's, here's my question to you, though. Like, when you watched the game on Sunday and you saw Christian McCaffrey running the ball, catching the ball, yes, he wasn't, like – bowling through people like you saw with Mike Davis. But you see there's a clear divide between what Mike Davis... Hey, man, I agree. I agree. It's like, yes. It's like clear. It's like there is so much more... Like, it's... The effort that Mike Davis is putting in is admirable, right? 100%. But Christian McCaffrey looks like he's not even trying and he's running past these guys. Like, he is just so fluid. He's figured out the answer to the ball. Yeah, he is. He is. It's 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 a different level, and that's why I think you saw you saw that they put Mike Davis in. He started. He ran a ball, and he did. He didn't do a bad. He wasn't a bad rush either. Like he he did a pretty good job. But Christian McCaffrey is another level. Just the attention, the attention that is drawn just because he's on the field is next level. Tell Mm -hmm. me about his status. What happened? So, and I was right. Listen to Tony. I told you it was a shoulder. Yeah. Final drive of the game, getting out of bounds. I don't know if he landed on it wrong, got tackled on it as well, but now he's listed day-to-day. The Panthers, uh, if he has – I mean, I don't know. It doesn't sound like they've immediately said it's a major injury. But what does this mean for McCaffrey going forward, guys, before we move on to the Bucks? And one more, so one more thing I'll say about Christian, it goes back to Cam. I'll tie him together. You, you don't blame a player for wanting to get back on the football field and wanting to be out there and mm-hmm. win for his teammates. You know, especially when you're a leader, just like Cam Newton viewed himself to be. Yeah, did he probably rush himself back when it wasn't a good idea to do it? Yes. Did Christian? Mc- I mean, listen, it was a different injury, so you can't really blame him for re-aggravating the ankle. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you don't ever blame a player for wanting to do their job mm-hmm. and play football and go out there and play for their teammates, man. So mm-hmm. I don't blame Christian for wanting to come back. Um, I'm upset that our coaching staff – well, no, I don't even blame them because how are you going to not let your best football player play? I mean, you know, I, I just don't know. I, I'm not going to blame Christian – no, there's nothing to blame. It's just a reality. It just is part of yeah. the reality of football. But, I mean, it, it, it'd yeah. be different if it was his ankle again, right? It's right. not. It's, it's something completely – he looked like he's he's recovered from his ankle. This is a completely different injury. 
right? I mean, so to I get that's that's basically the same people that were saying that you know you can't have Cam Newton come back to the field because of his foot injury, um, because he's had a history of those injuries when he's not. It was all shoulder. Right. It's only been before. once. Yeah. Yeah. There's two different things. They're like they, people were like, "Oh, he came back too soon. He shouldn't have been playing, and that's but why he got the foot injury." Yeah. And but we had a shoulder injury. Like it was two separate injuries. They had nothing to do with one another. Well, and so that's where I think I'm a little I, like I don't want to I don't want to villain you know put a villain tag on our coaching staff for, for no 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 I don't think so at all. Is that and look, you pay him to play. Right, you don't pay him to sit on the sidelines. Now, yep. uh, on the on the flip side of this, as a as a year where we're three and six now, I believe is mm-hmm. that what we're, is that what record is starting now? Starting to see more and more of the playoffs look at, out of reach. It feels like as you know, you look at the NFC West and you look at some of the other teams around the league. Is that is this? I won't say a blessing in disguise. Is this something that, look, as we did not figure out how to split carries with him and Mike Davis at this point right away in the first week back, is this something that do you expect if this injury is more than just a nick for him to really see a reduction as maybe move to IR for the remainder of the season? Well, I, I wanted to say, I think that does anybody else get the feeling that how they handle this situation as a team as far as how much they play him when he comes back? may have an indication of where they're planning on going with the direction as far as, all right, we're shutting it down for the season and we're not really making an effort to be the best team. Or do you think that they were going to put him out there to try to try to sure win? Sure looked game? like they were yeah, trying to win that thing. game. It, it did. It did. But three I mean, and they six, pulled out asking, all I'm the not, stops. I'm not saying we're tanking, but, but does it, does it mean anything to y'all if they say, okay, Christian's day to day, but we're not going to play him, and he's out for the next two. Weeks I don't think they'll day, say that. I don't think they'll okay. say that. I think they'll say he's day to day, and then never play him, or just say he's on IR. All right. Well, here okay. we'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. Let's do this. You're listening to C3 Panthers podcast, brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. You can follow us on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. The number is two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. You can be part of the show. I'm trying to, I'm hoping, I'm, I know he's been sitting there in the background, if he can hear me, I'm ready to welcome our guest and Ren Dax, the host of the Pewtercast podcast, uh, and Buck's sad person, I'm sure, Ren, are you there? Uh, if you guys don't want Christian McCaffrey, we'll take him. Oh, no, we want him, we want him, we just might not want him till next year, we want him to be sitting on the sidelines. Yeah, it was it was embarrassing. It was one of the most frustrating losses, of course, the Saints game we're talking about on Sunday night that I have seen as a Bucks fan, uh, and I've seen every game ever. I'm that old, so uh, you know what the hell happened? <laughs> Everything huh. well, that could be bad. If, if I knew that, I'd fix it. Um, Dirk Cutter used to say that. Uh, it was just <laughs> terrible scheming on both sides. Uh, the but they came out after the, in the post game presser and said that their idea to stop the Saints was to get home with four, and the way they're going to do that, they're going to play zone behind it to make Drew hold the ball a little longer so the four could get home. Now, I watch, of course, the Bucks a lot more closer than anybody else. They have not gotten home with four all year long. I just haven't done it. How? Even, 
Hmm. Is it because Ow. of is it be, or why not? I guess would be the re, would be the better way of putting that. Is it because you lo, you lost my man in the middle? Vea probably. Yeah. There's no interior pass rush left anymore. That Vea right. is gone. I mean, Sue's still playing very well at a high level, but he, you know he's not he hasn't Can't been the set guy. Yeah, he hasn't been the set guy since he left Detroit. Let's let's face it. The first like two, three, four, five years of his career. After that, he hasn't really been a sack guy. Uh. Shaq Barrett getting tons of pressures, like he's top five in pressures, but he's not getting to the quarterback. JPP has six and a half sacks, but he hasn't had any in a couple of games. Um, and without Viva, there's no one really there to uh, to put put the inside pressure on. Um, when Viva is there, he is so freakishly strong that you have to double team. If you don't, then you're really asking for trouble. But if you don't double team Sue, you're asking for trouble too in the run game. And Will Golson, who plays next, would have or does play next to what would have been Via Vea, uh, he's having a real good season himself. You know, we're still up there in the run defense, but they've never been able to get home with those four, especially after Via Vea uh, has been injured and put on IR with, uh, you know, he busted his Achilles. So what Todd Bowles has done is he'll like drop like Sue in coverage and send Devin White. And so only four are going, and it looks like a blitz, but it confuses them. And that's how we get a lot of pressure or just come out and all that blitz, but they didn't do it. Uh, and it kind of worked because if, if you watch the game, Drew Brees did a lot of double clutching, pumping, but the four never got home. So he just picked us apart seven, seven yards at a time. And by the time the Bucks ran their 10th offensive play, they're already down 21 nothing. Wow. Hmm. Was uh, I got one more question before I turn the mic over? Was did you know it was over when that Marcus Davenport popped that pass up and it was intercepted? Like, was that not the freakiest, ridiculous play? Like at that point, I was watching. uh, When I watched, I said everything that could go wrong has gone wrong and will continue to go wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they didn't really have a great plan offensively either. Um, for some reason, when we play the Saints, they play their defensive line, no matter how well our offensive line is playing, they, they eat us for lunch. And then the opposite's true. Their offensive line keeps Drew Brees clean. For some reason, our defensive and offensive line have their worst games of the year against Saints. It's just a fact. And then you add in that, that Lattimore shuts down Mike Evans every single time. That's a fact. So and then taunts that, him on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, you know, if he I mean, wins, you can. Yeah. Talk, yeah. So, you know, so they decided to counteract, you know, the offensive line not being able to hold up with a lot of deep uh, passing route concepts, which, of course, you know, didn't work. Shocker. Uh, so, yeah. So, like I said, by the time the Bucks got the ball for the fourth time, they gone three and out three times in a row. Uh, by the time they got to run their 10th offensive play, they're down 21 nothing. And uh, they didn't even try to change the defensive scheme until halftime. Um, I don't think they really tried to change the offensive scheme at all. All they did was take out Rojo and bring in Fournette, and they just ran their four-minute offense for the rest of the for the rest of the you know the game. And it obviously it didn't work. So it's what made it so disappointing was because now the Saints technically have a two-game lead on us in the division, hmm. and if we would have won, we would have been in first place. In we would have been the driver's seat for the buy as an NFC as the best you know top NFC I don't know team so we would have had the first round buy you know in step for that 
now uh, the Saints got to lose two games to our none for us to have a chance at the division. No one's, you know, cutting their heads off and wanting to fire coaches and all that type of stuff. But we went from being in first and having a stranglehold on the division to we probably got like a 15% chance to win the division, but we're still going to make the playoffs. Everyone thinks we're six and three last time. The bucks were six and three. Uh, you know, I don't know if I had pubes yet. It's, it's been a while. Since, <laughs> it's been a while since, you know, the bucks have had this. So even though it was terribly disappointing and uh, embarrassing as a fan, the overall picture is, you know, we're good. We're good. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to jump in next here because I have, Honestly, man, I'm Cody, by the way. Nice to meet you. I, yeah. I don't know if you've ever met before. We've um, met three times. Oh, wow. No, I just feel terrible. Draft night. <laughs> draft night. Thank draft night. Yeah, Cody. yeah. That is. I'm, I'm, I'm bad with people, man. It's, right. If it wasn't you, it'd be someone else, man. But You're I do the have some Puerto really- Rican, right? No, that actually. Is, no. Uh, that was Joey. No. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No See, so you both don't know each other. Yeah, I've, been, I've, been, I've been called much worse than a freaking Puerto Rican. So freaking uh, fans I'll, I'll, by yeah, Panther I'll, fans recently. Yeah, by Panther fans. No yeah. Um, but no. Um, thanks for joining us tonight, man. I'm gonna get right to the juicy stuff, man. I feel like there is uh, a little bit of trouble in paradise mm-hmm. between one Drew Brees. And one Bruce Arians. And no, you mean hold on, hold on. Oh, sorry. You said Drew Brees. You meant Tom Brady. I'm okay with Brees and Arians not getting along. I'm messing (laughs) up all night tonight, man. I'm I I need to ice myself up. Tom Brady and Bruce Arians. Okay. Um, because so originally uh Bruce Arians came out and said, No, we're not gonna sign Antonio Brown. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of feels like somewhere along the line, Tom Brady kind of called up Bruce and like, Oh, hey Bruce, remember how you said that thing? No, it turns out we're going to do the opposite. And Antonio mm-hmm. Brown's going to come live in my house and he's going to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. And then all of a sudden, Is he, he really was. living in his house? From what yeah, I heard, he was in New England. I don't awesome. know if he is here. Yeah. No, no, he is. Yeah. Yeah. Tom is? Brady, oh, wow. Giselle, Crazy. the kids, and Antonio Brown are all, oh. are all living Tom's in Georgia. Imagine after everything that Antonio Brown's done and Tom Brady just like. Yeah, man, come live at my house, dude. Everything's fine. I can't wait um, till he jizzes on Gazelle. Uh, oh, oh my god! Sorry, <laughs> but that, he did that. Go to bed. Go to he did, bed. He did anyway, it. Listen, this is okay. So this is my actual question, and then sure. to add on to it, though, then um at the post game press conference, someone asked Bruce Arians, and like, why don't you throw to Mike Evans? Like, why wasn't, you know, why isn't mm-hmm. Mike Evans a bigger part of the offense? And Bruce Arians pretty much threw Tom under the bus and said, oh, no, yeah. uh, Mike was open. Mike was open. He just didn't get targets. So That's talk true. to me. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about what you feel is happening between Tom Brady and Bruce Arians and how much of a problem does it represent moving forward? Sure. A uh, lot to unpack there. Uh, I'll start by saying my wild fan theory about Antonio Brown being with the Buccaneers. If you saw his first press conference as a Buccaneer, he was wearing a TB12 hat. And we've already talked about how he's living with Tom. I think Tom oh, is using... Oh, gay affair. Yeah, gay, gay. There you go. Right <laughs> where I was going, gay affair. Or uh, I think Tom's using Antonio Brown for sort of the poster child of what TB12 can do for you. Like, look how I turned around this guy. 
Imagine oh. what TB12 Maybe. can do for you. Do you think it's about mm. branding after retirement? That's my crazy fan theory. Like, you okay. know, that's it. Not crazy at all. Well, we'll see. Uh, B.A. and Tom Brady. Uh, B.A. threw Tom Brady under the bus after week one. The whole NFL, ESPN, Fox News, NFL Network freaked out. Twitter freaked out. How dare he? Kurt Warner talked about you don't you don't call out Tom Brady in the press. And then uh, uh, Brett Favre came out and said you don't do that. A couple other players came out and said you don't do that. And then the Bucks went ahead and won uh, what seven of the next six. Yeah. Or six of the next seven. Like, that would be nice if you could win seven out of six. I know. Uh, that would six, be awesome. Six of the next seven. So I understand what you're, what you're, what you know, looking into that and seeing there's something there. I don't think there is. I don't think there ever will be. The amount of crap that Tom Brady probably put up with in New England is nowhere near what he gets from Bruce Arians. Tom Brady has said on multiple occasions how much fun he's having playing football again and being down here. Now, why is Antonio Brown here? I have no idea. I don't. I think this team was good enough to win a couple of weeks throwing the ball to Scotty Miller, Judson Watson, and Mike Evans, or, you know, Godwin, Scotty Miller, Watson, or Gronk, or, or Cam Brait. Like they had enough weapons to win games. I watched Tom Brady win games for 20 years, thrown to three guys. He'd throw to the tight end, he'd throw to a slot receiver, and he'd throw to his back. Well, it's because Tom years. Brady's ego has gotten so big, he cannot think about losing this year as he's left the Patriots. And second, what, that's just a comment. The other question is, don't you think that Tom deserves some criticism? Like not that, I don't. Think you know what I mean? Like he's not played. Like it's. I I know I've seen some. I know I've seen some headlines. It's like he's had the best start since whatever. But I've yeah. watched him throw these passes that I've watched him get away with a lot of shit this year. He's been a little lucky throwing those out, and he are and he didn't get away with it in the first couple of weeks. It's and he then he got and then he got. Then he got trounced last night. I mean, he deserves some criticism. For last night, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he wasn't sharp. He was the main reason we went three and out three times in a row. But everyone else was so bad, it's kind of hard to pin the game on Tom Brady. But he he deserves a lot of the credit. The Saints game, Tom Brady was the main reason we lost the first Saints game in week one. Absolutely. But after that, he, he went. He threw like 18, 19, 20 touchdowns and only three interceptions before the Saints game. You know, he's third in PFF ranked uh, for QBR. I mean, to sit here and say Tom Brady is not having a good season, you know, I don't no, think I'm you're not saying he's it. not having a good season. That's not my point. My point is, is this, is that he has not been flawless this season. Yeah, he's not above. He's not been above repute, oh, oh. I guess, mm-hmm. is, of course, or, if no, that's of course a phrase. Not. I feel like that's and, a phrase. Yeah, and, you know, I'm no New England 20-year fan, you know, but this is what I did say. After what I saw Tom Brady do to the Chargers and having a perfect QBR in the second half and coming back from all those points down, I sent out a tweet. I go, like, now I see the obsession that New England has, New England fans have with this guy. Yeah, Because if you watch that 20 years in a row – of him just pulling out these games out of his butt. Of course, the most notable is the Super Bowl. Like, he has to basically walk in your house, shoot your dog, like, stab your kid, eat your garbage, and then you go, well, 
maybe <laughs> maybe you know he he's you know not the savior jesus christ i don't know so but yeah no no one's putting him on a pedestal like pete like he had to wear it the the saints game and he's worn it hasn't worn as much for this game because basically we were so shocked how poorly the defense played how did he right? react after the game brady yeah, he did what he did. What he did, he he answered questions, but didn't answer the questions at all. And then after he decided he was done, he thanked everybody and walked off. He belichicked like, it. Yeah. Do you think Next that he deflects from, blame goes, too much? much. I feel that? like he deflects blame too much. Okay. Like, um, so <laughs> do you remember the last time we? Ch- I think it was the last time we chatted was after the. Remember when he had like too many downs or whatever. Oh yeah, and he yeah. just was like, "Nope," just was trying to get a chunk play, and you're like, yeah. "Man, the mug just refuses to just yeah. say, hey, yeah. made a mistake. I had a shitty game or whatever.' All right, I'll pass the mic on. Sorry. Well, it's all right. I I got one for you here. We're talking sure. a lot of uh, Tom Brady and passing offense. I want to talk about the running game mm-hmm. for a minute because uh, I'm sure you're probably aware of the record broken. It depends on which game. record you're speaking about. Oh, uh, yes, for the, the least amount of rushes, least amount of runs in a game. Yes, yeah, yes. You, you, you How basically many did they have. Tell they us. Four, we don't know. They had four, but but the but the knee, kneel down by Gabbard at the end was considered a fifth rush. So they had five rushes, yes. and that broke a record. Now my question is: I know you guys. Congratulations! I was excited. I was excited for Nett because that was the guy that I wanted in the draft if we didn't get yeah, McCaffrey. Me too. It was me one too. of those two guys. I wanted one of those two guys. For me, he ended up being a kind of a disappointment just based on what's happened with him. Uh-huh. Uh, but what's going on with the rushing game? Because I feel like every time there's been a situation like that in NFL history, I think it's four or five times where you've had that minimal amount of rushes, like seven or six, they've always lost. Yeah. I just don't get the game plan. Like I know Bruce Arians likes to air it out. You got Tom Brady, you got Mike Evans, you got Godwin, you got some weapons with Gronk. But oh, yeah. I feel like that's maybe where you guys lost the game. And I get down 21 nothing immediately. It takes yeah. the run game away a little bit. But a I feel like bit. it's too early to give up on the run game. Sure. Uh, I, I understand that. Let me walk you through it. Uh, first three and out, they ran at one time on second down. Second three and out, they ran at one time on second down. Next time they get the ball, they're down 14 nothing. All right, we need to get a first down. Three passes, didn't get a first down. Okay. Next time they get the ball, they're down 21 nothing. They passed the ball, got a first down, passed it three more times because they were running their four-minute offense. That's when they benched Rojo and brought in Fournette. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's, who's the mystery man there, Cody? No, on the side. What are you talking about? I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay. Oh no. Okay. There's like some. There's like some ghostly figure on the side of Cody over there. Oh, that's um, probably (laughs) okay. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, So now the next time they get the ball, they're down twenty-eight to nothing, and Mm. they've only run the ball twice, and they've just decided like they got to put up points quick, and they. The problem was they would have run the ball more, Mm -hmm. but they could never get that initial first down. I got you. Like they never could sustain a drive. They never had a sustained drive. You know, like so when you they mean the they would have ran the ball seven times. <laughs> I'm saying they would have. No, I'm just. I'm okay, I mean, you, you, you laugh and joke all you great. want. That's but, a, like, come on. The Saints, <laughs> the Saints didn't. No, I'm not. I'm not yelling at you. The Saints didn't punt till the fourth quarter. Right. All their drives in the first half. One, the only reason they didn't score a touchdown because the guy fumbled on the two yard line with a first down in his hand. The other one, same guy, caught a first down pass, but Mike Edwards came up and, and tackled him 
it really hit him in the back and he dropped the ball and they called it incomplete and then they kicked the field goal. Besides right. that, it would it should have been 42 to nothing. Like every time they touched the ball, they put it in the end zone. You well, mentioned earlier you mentioned earlier though that the problem was getting home to the quarterback and scheme on defense. Yeah. Problems with that, but this uh Bucks defense going into this game I feel like a lot of us are looking around the league or saying it's one of the top three defenses in the league. And, um, you know, they, again, continue to limit the run, you know, great Mm -hmm. run stuffing team, Um, except for when when they brought in the Stormin' Mormon. And whatever right. I, I, the, my least favorite player in the whole league. Jason Hilliam. Yeah, guys, I just. Yeah. He's just like Why? Newton, right? No, he's nothing like. Oh, shush. That is the worst <laughs> thing. Second, um, is that ultimately is that you guys is Drew Brees continue? He just picked apart his zone. And what I don't like yeah. about this is is that when I don't understand how that happens. And I understand that, like, I mean, I do understand, like, you, you pick a part of zone. I mean, like, you find the you weaknesses. And then keep calling it. <laughs> right. But the idea is this is that defense. What do you – are you reevaluating that defense? Because you got the best linebacking core in the league, mm-hmm. and he burned you over and over underneath, underneath, yeah. underneath, like Drew mm-hmm. Brees does since he has turned 38. Now he's 48 thousand years old reevaluating your defense is it all on that defensive front i mean is it are are basically are you saying that the great linebackers are sandwiched by rookie a rookie secondary and a okay defensive line no uh what i'm saying it was a terrible game plan offensively and defensively especially defensively against the saints they took away what Devin White does best. Like, here's a secret that no one really knows outside of Tampa. Devin White can't cover, can't cover in zone, can't can't cover man to man. Going wow. downhill, his speed is lights out. He can cover ground moving forward faster than anybody in the league, and I'll bet any amount of money on it. Like, he's that good. He's also become a very good blitzer. I, he's he's got like five sacks as a middle linebacker. Now, the past two games, the Giants game and the first Saints game, but the Saints game and this Saints game, they had the same game plan. Like, they were going to throw it short, get it out quick, not let Todd Bowles's, you know, exotic blitz of, of sometimes only sending four. We call it a blitz because, you know, like the safety will go and Shaq Barrett will drop off into the flat coverage. Uh, there's only four guys coming, but, you know, it kind of looks like a blitz. So we just call it a blitz. Um the front four are fine. Um, they're just not playing up to their potential. The line, middle linebacker core, like you said, uh, they're lights out, even though besides Devin White can't cover whatsoever. Luante uh, Davis is the best kept secret in the league. You know, I think everybody knows that by now, finally this year. Uh, and the young secondary, they made a move for the Giants game, and so far it hasn't paid off. We have Sean Murphy bunting who was starting on the outside, and when we play nickel, which of course is most of the time, he would slide in nickel, and they'd bring Jamel Dean and play outside. But Dean was so doing so good in zone coverage that they're like, we got to get this guy in the field, and it started in the Giants game. And he's getting double moved, inside out moved. He's getting, he's not, he's not playing well. 
And so that hasn't panned out. Now the defense hasn't, you know, against the Giants, the reason we won the game is just because we had more talent. We just out Jimmy didn't Joe them. They had a better scheme defensively. They had a better scheme offensively. Our scheme wasn't as bad as it was in the Saints game, but we just we just outplayed them. You know, it's like it's like, you know, a good college team, I guess it'd be like Clemson playing Maryland. And Maryland had, you know, a great scheme, but you, you can't hold up. You just can't hold up for, for four quarters against Clemson. And, and that's what we did to the Giants. So the defense, the past two weeks, whatever they're trying or experimenting with, or there seems also seems to be some sort of loss of communication. And I don't know why that's very frustrating, but the past two games, they're not as good as we've, as we've seen. And as a Bucks fan, we're hoping that's the outlier and the Chicago game, the Green Bay game, you know, uh, the Denver game is the game that we hope we see week in and, and week out. Because if we see that defense, then, yeah, you know, you're right. They're a top three team. And that's why everyone's touting the Buccaneers so much. The offense was a top five, top three in scoring points. You know, the offense was putting up points and the defense was a top three. And so you just looked around the league and you went, okay, there's Seattle. Well, they can't stop anybody. Kansas City all of a sudden having trouble scoring points. You know, Lamar Jackson isn't as great as everyone thought he was. The Steelers can't stop anybody. You know, you, you started looking around like, what's the most complete team? And you're like, oh, okay, it's 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 the Bucks. I shouldn't have said the Steelers can't stop anybody. That's not true. But the most complete team top to bottom was us. And then we went out and laid that stinker and everyone's yelling at us and calling us a piece of crap and fake and fake. And we don't know what we're doing. We're, never, we're the worst team that's ever lived because we have the worst winning percentage. And you know what? All that stuff is right. So, you know, as a fan, you just got to suck it up and go, yep, that's what happened. And uh, just try to forget it. So there's something else that's proven. Yeah. I have a I, I have a couple of uh, I guess questions and and first I I want to address the Antonio Brown signing. Sure. Um, regardless of the purpose behind it, do you think it's good for the Bucks? No. No, I appreciate. That. I never did. I never yeah. did. I I thought I didn't think it was a good idea. You know, when you got him, there's a little bit of why? excitement. Like, oh, why? Yeah, I oh, can tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> why well because i think you saw a little bit of what happened against the saints um i you know possibly this team uh was more worried like more focused on the criticism that they were going to get from the media on this big game the first game of antonio brown coming back and and then just sort of getting you know going out there not having their heads in it more worried about you know what social media is going to say or the social justice warriors going to say or whatever different organizations around around you know the world and you know and around the united states we're going to say uh and you just don't need that type of you know distraction especially at a game like that that was the biggest game of the year and it probably still will end up by the end of the season being the biggest game of the year but second off you don't need him you're incredibly deep at the weapons position and you're deep at wide receiver okay great now you have three pro bowl wide receivers well apparently brady still can't get them the ball they all played they all played against the Saints. Who are you going to cover? It doesn't matter because he's going to throw it to Gronk. So that's what was so frustrating about it. And I don't think he's going to destroy the locker room or become sort of this, you know, presence or be Brady's boy and all the other guys. Wait, wait I thought we were your new friends. Like, like what's, what are these old, you know, like, why are you still throwing to Gronk and now AB's yeah, yeah. here? Like, you're supposed to like us now. 
I don't think any of that's there. It's just a distraction that we didn't need. And I don't care what a good, how good of a football player he is. The dude's not a good person. He's not. Yeah. He yeah, never yeah, has yeah. been. If he's turned the corner and, you know, goes four, five years, 10 years, the rest of his life and doesn't do anything wrong and maybe becomes an advocate for these things, you know, that he's been accused of. Okay, great. But as of right now, like he hasn't even gone to court for the things he's accused of yet. Yeah. Well, so. my, my biggest, um, the, the reason I asked that is I was already concerned about the Bucks coming into this season already being a ticking time bomb. And I always say that because you have a lot of people trying to make money right now on that offense, right? Right now, a lot, a lot of people are improve it years, right? You have uh, Leonard Fournette. If this doesn't go well this year for him, he's not going to get paid as a high-value uh, running back in the league. And now, and the same thing goes with Godwin. I mean, I'm not going to say he's not going to get paid, but, you know, he's trying that to make money. Anywhere. But then now you have to put into the mix. Antonio Brown is trying to, I guess, save his career. And right. if he's not getting targets, well, now that is going to be a scenario where that's vocal. And we all know Antonio Brown's not going to hold back saying something, you know. But I, nonetheless, I'm, I was already concerned about the dream team aspect that hasn't worked up to this point. Right. Um, and so I was really concerned that the Bucks. I wanted the Bucks to do well because if there's anybody in the in the division outside of the Panthers that I would prefer to win uh, the NFC South, it is not the Saints and the Falcons. I can tell you that much. Yeah, you know? I'm the same and, way. And but nonetheless, that was my concern. But my other question was, with regard to this game, kind of taking the the hand off the burner for you here, so you don't have to continue to talk about this ribbing that happened this past week. Um, the the Panthers had a very good game against one of the best teams in the NFL. And then you guys had the game you did. Do you, are you worried about this week or are you feeling like this is going to, and, and don't feel like you have to hurt our feelings. We are not going to be upset either way. I don't think you would hold back anyway. Do you right. feel like this is uh all right, this, we're going to get right with these guys because this is, this is just kind of like a bottom tier type team. This may shock you, but I think the Panthers are the second best team in the division. Behind us, I do. I like your coaching staff. I like the I like w the steps that you guys made. Uh, I think you've got some raw deals. You know, you I, you guys make up your mind. You like the quarterback or not? But what what with the coaching staff that's come in and with the young defense and how he's turned them around and put them together and you've gone from you you've been in every game. Like you guys play really tough football. Like. You're 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 almost there, and I think he's building the right culture. Uh, I think the Saints are, are more lucky than good at this point. Um, you know, they play defenses. What the the way they play defenses? They hold. They they do pass interference on every play, and and they dare the officials to throw the flag. That's how they play defense. You know, we've seen it. All you had to do, and of course, I don't know anything about football compared to Todd Bowles, but all you had to do was push the safeties up and make Drew Brees throw it over your head. Like, I dare you to throw it over my head and just bring blitz after blitz after blitz. And Brees isn't going to sit in the pocket and take hits, and he's not going to run with it. So what is he going to do? He's going to dump it. And all you got to do is go up and make the tackle. I don't understand why no one tries to do that. I think their, their defense is way overrated. And I, even if the score was flip-flop Sunday night, if we beat the Saints – 38 to three, I would still be worried about this game because I think, I think you guys are a solid team. And what you do is you don't get out over your skis, you know, you're well yeah. coached. You don't do something <clears throat> stupid. Like we just freaking saw with the bucks on Sunday. Yeah. At least there's no evidence yet. And you've only had nine games, but I like the way you guys are headed. And yeah, I, I know this isn't, 
there is, and even Atlanta, like Atlanta's got all the talent in the world. They just can't stop anybody on defense, you know, but they can beat you 48 to 45. Like I, yeah. there are no easy games left for the Bucks anymore. We got the Rams coming up. We got the Chiefs. We got we got Atlanta twice. We got you. Um, we got the Vikings, who seem to can beat anybody now. So, so the, how did you? How did you? Forgive me for interrupting, but how do you feel going going forward? Like, was that? I mean, listen, we've dealt with it before. Panther fans know, like even two years ago, when we went to Pittsburgh, and I think it was on a Thursday night football game. And we just got our asses handed to us in prime time. Mm-hmm. Like we got older brother, little brother. Uh, and, and and that's, you know, it didn't happen the next year with the 49ers. But after, like, when you've been such a good team throughout the whole year, and mm-hmm. most people are predicting, uh, have been predicting the, the Bucks to win the NFC, you know, right up there with the, with the Seahawks this year, or, yeah. or at least to be in contention. So going up against a division opponent who you say is more dangerous than the Saints and the Falcons. I don't know mm-hmm. that I'd go that far, but okay, I hear your point. What do you make of this team going forward? Like, is that just a bad juju game that we have to, you know, the Bucks fans just have to get over and hope that it's an anomaly and, and hope that you write the ship, you know, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. Um, or, 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 or did you feel that you've been kind of shown some deeper flaws that might end up being the undoing of the Bucks this year? I don't think there's an undoing of the Bucks, but you've definitely seen a blueprint on how to move the ball against Todd Bowles' defense. Now, what he has to do is he has to counter. What you do is you throw at Jamal Dean and, and you throw at Devin White. I mean, of like they made a huge thing about the Saints game. Drew Brees has thrown to nine different guys. Well, five of them were to five different people that Devin White was covering. Like the third string tight end got a catch again. Like everyone got a catch against the guy. Yeah. And then the other three were on Jamel Dean. That's not probably true, but it felt that way. Um, it's just like I said, kind of in the beginning, I hope this game's an outlier. Like we, like as Buck fans, we hope it's an outlier. We're kind of hoping on this Brady magic. Like you can't really pin anything to it. It's a week to week league. We've seen it all. We've seen our teams and other teams be world beaters and then come out and lay a stinker. You know, the next, like it's, it's, it's just the way the league is. Do I expect the bucks to win this game? Yeah. Do I expect the bucks to do what they did to the Packers to any team left on the schedule? Nope. I think, you know, we'll, we'll win some games and, if we put a couple of wins together and, and get back up to scoring, you know, 28 to 31 points, then I'll start to feel a little better. And, and, you know, then I'll say like, when we go into Atlanta, yeah, yeah. Atlanta's dangerous. We could lose, but I think we win by two scores. You know, that's what I was saying against the saints. I said, I said, I think we win this like 33 if you lose to Atlanta. 24. You should be embarrassed. Just like we were when we lost to Atlanta. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm embarrassed I lose anybody in the division because it hurts because I got to come on this show and talk to you guys. I go on Falcon shows. I go on Saints shows. This jerk freaking had a crown on his Saints, his Saints pod. <laughs> the dude wore a crown and dared me to come knock it off because he's division champ. And I'm like, OK, man, whatever. Uh, you know, and I, I just put can't my wait. Sh- I cannot wait till the Saints get knocked down a peg. Drew Brees is gone. They are going to be nothing for five They're going to get bounced in the first round, as usual, bro. Yeah. Since since Drew Brees can't stretch the field. Sorry. And I actually am so disappointed against in y'all's defense. I won't say disappointed. I don't really give a fuck. 
But like, um, I, was I just too, yeah, we all hate the Saints. We get it. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, we and like, how do they? Yeah, and that defense. It's not even about the offense. Shit in the mm-hmm. bed. I'm okay with you know, like I'm, you know that's gonna bounce back. I just thought the defense was able to bear down on a limited Drew Brees more. Yeah, and they just you, couldn't. You, me, the entire NFL, everybody and the whole on the fucking NBC world, staff. right? <laughs> yeah. I think that's, even that's the why. Bucks thought that. Like they're just yeah. like, what the fuck is going on? All right, just um, drop back in his weak ass arm. We'll pick everything off, and our four will get home. And what about uh, injuries coming out of this game? How healthy are you guys? We're good. Uh, there was this article that came out about our guard Ali Marpet, and like. Uh, who missed, I didn't miss his first game, but this is the first game any of the offensive linemen had missed this year. And it was him. And he's probably our best offensive lineman. And, you know, there was an article that came out like, uh, like losing Ali Marpet hurt us way more than we thought. I'm like, okay. Um, he's in concussion protocol. We'll see if he makes it out. Uh, Chris Godwin's fingers, like a little sore. Um, cause you know, I mean, he just had it operated on no big yeah, deal. He's still got a pin in it and, and caught, you know, played the game with, 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 with a splint and a, and a glove. So they're These not even going to try him out till Friday. But besides that, you know, the first injury report comes out. Tomorrow. Can they give him a fucking week off? They did. Chris Collins. Another like one already. Oh, oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. Just you give off, uh, you know, uh, McCaffrey, uh, I'll get guy one benched. Oh, yeah, don't worry. He's going to be... I want to give him the, McCaffrey the rest of the season off. We're not Why in the I, hunt, though. Here's a fantasy question. Why doesn't Bridgewater throw to DJ Moore? Oh, dude, we this is... Just asking you, that for you. And one question. You have kicked a hornet's nest, my friend. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if you know this, but there is a real civil war going on in Panther Nation right now. And this very podcast is at the heart of it, I feel. Yeah, we're actually, we got invited <laughs> on to, uh, we have been invited to a debate show because oh, really? of our caustic comments about Teddy. Basically, Teddy Bridgewater's got the same fucking arm that Drew Brees does. Oh, he won't push the ball down the field. And, no. Yeah, and, it, and we don't know if he can't, but we think he's concerned. No, I didn't I, say he can't. I, I said he won't. I don't no, even yeah, right. No, that's where we're going. No, you didn't say it. We say it. <laughs> like, and it's an arm talent thing because we have seen him make the throws downfield. The yeah, he did it against is, us when he was a saint. Yeah, but the problem <laughs> is it always comes at the end of the football game when we have to have them on third down. Like, there are never, if we're in second and short, there's never even a thought to throw the ball down the field. He is so conservative. Um, He lacks elite arm talent. He's a tea partier. We are consistently average. There are so many Panther fans that are like, no, Teddy's the future. We can build around him. He can be our next uh, whatever. Is he? Do you guys think he's the future? Well, listen. The the people who argue that the only argue the only argument they have is that they well Teddy's in the top five in the league in in passing yards. That's the only stat they'll put out there. You know why? Because he's twenty first in touchdowns. He's tied for six for most interceptions, and he's nineteenth in the red zone. For he's not bad, and he's not great. Nineteenth in the red zone includes field goals. If you limit that to just (laughs) touchdowns, 
it's probably closer to the bottom of the league. They know how so to so you, you can tout all you want to about Teddy Bridgewater with these these passing yeah. yards. He can throw. He is Drew Brees, bro. He it up. He's Black Breeze, bro. He is yeah. Black Breeze. And I wasn't yeah. saying you could tell. I was just speaking. You know, when he's Black man. Breeze, man. He cannot. He can't. He either he can't throw it downfield, which we maybe begin to be. He, yeah. he doesn't throw it downfield. Truth, unless he has to, and he played. They play that game. That none of us think can really win consistently. That somehow won against y'all. And by the way, to add no, on we, top we, of that, we beat you. He dinks and dunks all over the field, and then once he gets into the red zone, they know how to clamp down on it. The windows so, get tighter, and now he has yeah, nowhere to put it. Tighter, and and, and then so uh, everyone says, "Oh, he's top five in the NFL in yards." Yeah, our entire offense is built on yards after the catch. Like that's what DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and Robbie Anderson do. They all can run a four three or a low four four. Yet there are no shot plays for us. It's like to, yeah. to put it into perspective, one of his touchdowns this week to Curtis Samuel was a touchdown pass. Right. It was uh, literally a shovel, was a shovel pass. pass. Like, yeah, yeah, just yeah. a shovel yeah. pass. Yeah. Like, and so that goes for us. And, and so people want to. And let's that. go ahead and mm-hmm. tell this. I think right. he has 12 touchdowns on the season. And 11, I'm putting I believe. 11. Oh, even I better. Believe, yeah. Let me, let me double check. Stow this away, Cody, for our debate tomorrow night. Two of those. <laughs> Or more have been on those shovel passes. Like I know there's been two of he's getting credit for two passing touchdowns that are. What not about passes. that seventy-five yarder to more? It's eleven. Yeah, yeah. Right. it was a, a five-yard pass. pass yeah, that yeah, yeah. he and took into the house. So. And you so know what? This, and look, here's the thing. Show? I want to. I want to watch this. What's this oh, it's going to be tomorrow night. Tomorrow oh. night, eight o'clock. Pat Coltrane is. I'll. I'll tweet it out. I'll. I'll. I'll hit you up in it. But there are right now. There are a bunch of. And look, is that we were we a little reluctant to just embrace Teddy? Yes. Because we were salty about Cam. We wanted Cam we wanted to see Cam with Robbie Anderson, with DJ Moore, with Christian McCaffrey, with Curtis Samuel and Joe Brady. We wanted to see what that could be. And yes, we were salty as fuck when it didn't happen. So yes, that was truth. But our but here's the thing is Teddy's good. He's better than average, I guess. But he's just you gotta put him on the Bears, bro. He would be great on the Bears right now. He needs a defense he needs a top five defense to win games. Yeah. But the problem is you can't, you can't keep a top five defense in this league. It's just not no, can't. like yeah. we've 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 we came the closest we've ever done to doing that, and we typically kept in the top ten. But I mean, our, we were still not getting to the the playoffs. But the the four times we did in ten years that Ron Rivera was here, right? right? And then even one of those, we had a negative uh, record. I mean, the problem is, is and, oh, and this right. is something I told them to take to the argument tomorrow. How many times have you seen a a a, a quarterback that is not elite with elite arm talent win the Super Bowl multiple times? Never or multiple even a time. Like you can I pick can out four in like forty years. Yes. Yeah, I can There's one a decade. There's one a decade. Nick Foles, 
Then actually, Brad you know Johnson, what? You could even uh, say Peyton Manning against the Panthers. I'm sorry, Brad Johnson wasn't an elite quarterback, was he? But I mean, he Denver, was but Denver ball. was the top. What'd you say? But my I, point I was is, saying, oh good, sorry. Oh sorry, I thought you were done with me. I was going to say that the the Peyton. I wanted. I want you guys to use the Peyton Manning one. Yeah, because because Peyton Manning was doing. I mean, he was still in a very bad. Like he was a bad quarterback that year. Right, right. But guess what? Their team didn't change that much. And what did they do the next year without him? I mean, they didn't do anything. But they had a. It just you can't continue that success. Like the only people that have made it back to the Super Bowl multiple times have been elite quarterbacks. Um, and that's what you talk about with uh, Peyton Manning. You have uh, Tom Brady. Uh, you know, it, I think Aaron Rodgers been screwed with being on a bad team altogether uh, and not putting priorities there. But he should have probably been in multiple Super Bowls uh, oh, right. throughout the time. Oh, Cody! I think I see your glasses, and I raise you these. All right. Well, you look like my aunt. Uh, more so than yeah. <laughs> CK. The only argument I would have to that is I think for the most part you're right, but I'm pretty sure New England has had a top ten defense for like sixteen yeah. of the twenty years Brady was there, and they had a top five defense like eleven or twelve. But they the had Brady Tom Brady playing at a high level, and well, I understand, but, but, but and still, a that that's the, had to get the top goat. Defense. The goat, bro. Tom Brady like is that. the greatest yeah. of all time. But you know R-O-D-S. why they've been able to pay people up there in New England, right? I mean, number one, their coaching is they they're the best developing team that had ever had, and they cheat. Don't forget, they also cheat. Tom Brady, you guys got to go and look how many times Tom Brady took a pay cut so that they could have. But when your wife makes four times what any NFL player can make, why? No, no, that's not. That's beside the point. What I'm trying to say is that. But no, that's not even what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that they were able to maintain uh, a high quality defense over that much time. It could also go back to the fact they were able to pay people because they didn't have a quarterback taking every dime they had. And by the way, and can I just also echo, like, if you want to see what we're talking about, how Panther Nation is divided, all you have to do is look at our chat room right now. There's a (laughs) thing going on. Like, okay, Adrian W. says, does anyone watch our O-line? It's the reason Ted is not pushing the ball downfield. And (laughs) and we've been saying, like, there are times, yes, the offensive line is not great. We need a new left tackle, left guard, center, and right guard. And we haven't paid our right tackle. I know that. But there have been times when Teddy will have time in the pocket. And he just will he'll only throw like a, a five-yard pass even if he has time. Like mm-hmm. no one is saying that our offensive line is good. But if you're not able to watch Teddy Bridgewater play and notice how hesitant we are to push the ball downfield and not put any of that blame on him. You have beer goggles on, man. You look like Tony Dunn does right now. (laughs) A final final point to answer your question specifically. Uh, You said how come uh, Teddy never throws to DJ Moore. Yeah. Him and Robbie Anderson have this connection. Like last year, Kyle Allen would do nothing but throw to DJ Moore. That's why he had over 1,000 yards. That's why he drafted him. Yeah, now Teddy's uh, number one guy is Robbie Anderson. And another problem that uh, Teddy stands won't admit to is that he doesn't come off of his first read very option. I don't feel that he sees the field very well. And by the way, that doesn't surprise me for a guy that's only started, what, 
a few seasons. Like he hasn't had a ton of time, even with Minnesota. So you know what Carolina should do to address that offensive line problem? They should hire a head coach that was an offensive line coach or is like an offensive line guru. That might fix that problem. What do you think? Who's oh, that? wait. Oh, wait. We did that, didn't we? Oh, that's By the way. Okay. Hey, Our hey, offensive hey, line hey, is hey, great. It's on, fucking man. the best it's been in hold six on, years. So I don't want to hear Greg. that yeah, nonsense. Yeah, why is Let's get back. Hold on. Hold on. I can't hear the We're devolving. best in years. We're devolving the into the normal debate. We have yeah. a guest here. Every, we every get fan, him. every no, no, it's fine. Oh, yes. Every fan base <laughs> hates their offensive line. It's just what, there you go. What do you um, expect? What do you want to see out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as they is? Is it is this game in Carolina? I felt like we were on the road against you guys. Yeah, yeah, it's at home, or you guys okay. are at home. The first, yeah, yeah, okay. So, what do you want to see, or what do you expect to see? Uh, I expect for Joe Brady to take him some big cues from what he, what he just saw in the Giants and the Saints game and get the ball out in the flats quickly, get the hands on playmakers if McCaffrey plays. Uh, definitely Curtis Samuel out there, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore. Uh, lots of screens, lots of slants, lots of... And also something that has been very frustrating for Bucks fans. The past two weeks they have been playing their cornerbacks off like 7 to 15 yards. Oh, welcome to Panther Nation. Oh. Yeah, yeah, dude. We, for the- <laughs> yeah, we went through this thing with Mike Smith where, you know, it's it's third it's like third and 5 and the cornerbacks 9 yards off. And yeah, we, like, we have that we have that same issue but we also only rush 3 people at the same time. Oh, okay. Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, you're, you're going to see basically a lot of what you saw uh, if you watched the Monday night game against the Giants. I think you're going to see uh, the Panthers try to do that. Hopefully, Todd Bowles uh, did what he did, does what he do. Uh, he'll He'll go back to the Green Bay game. Um, and bring some blitzing more a little quicker, a little more often in the first half. And if it doesn't work offensively or defensively from the Bucks, another thing that's been frustrating fans is they don't make adjustments till halftime. They didn't start bringing the blitz to the Saints until they came out after the half, after you know, start of the third quarter. And they're already down 31 nothing, and it was too late. But lo and behold, what happened, the Saints went three and out, and the next time they got the ball, they caused a fumble. Uh, and they ran it back with inside the 10. And that's why, you know, all the fans are like, like I've told you, like, like this is what you should have done from the beginning. So I'd like to see quick adjustments, aggressive defense and offensively, you know, I, I think they'll be fine. Um, the game plan Sunday was the worst I'd seen in recent memory. Like I can't, I'm sure there has been a worse game plan that I'd be upset about, but I can't remember how, how this one's probably hurts more than any of them because you guys have every piece you need right now yeah. and to come in and you have uh what you know from the outside would be a, a really good coach with you know Bruce Arians you would and a good coaching that, staff yeah and you would think that that the this bad of a performance wouldn't happen yeah um, i my worry for you guys is that this is basically the same thing that happened to us last year with the Kansas City or not with the uh, 49ers after we got walloped by the 49ers, it was downhill for us. And I, 
I I really hope that that's not something you guys have to endure. I do. No, we have because we have, we have to play so them this week. Okay. So shut up, CK. Second, uh, how about this? We are only four and a half dogs against these the dream team. How about that? How good are we? Only four and a half point dogs, and we got we playing with we're play, yeah. Well, the home field don't mean shit in COVID. Means three year. points. Not in COVID home. year. Not in COVID year. Vegas. Don't mean Vegas. Yeah, not, in, no, not, in, <laughs> not in COVID year and not in. Do you guys have fans in the stands? We do, yeah, but like five, few, yeah, very yeah, few. like twelve thousand, something like that. No, seven. I think the last time I saw it was like six. And uh, and I'll be interested. Roy Cooper just hit us back to a stage three. We're going backwards in North Carolina in COVID protocols. That's what happens. Democratic governor and I'm a Democrat. Well, I don't even. I'm actually an independent, but I didn't vote for that. I hate COVID. All right. Um. Any other points you need to make about uh, any questions for us or what's up? That's it. Oh, it's, no. There's a DJ Moore question. That was for a fantasy draft. Um. No, not really. You know, I. I uh. I, yeah. No. There's. There's. Like we're gonna, we're gonna have we're gonna discuss our our Panthers podcast and like. I think I know what you guys got at receiver. I know what you have in Davis. Yeah, we're good um, at receiver. We can't push it. Mike Davis will bowl your ass over, but it don't matter when you're playing the Bucks and they stop every running back. Here, here's my question. How many players have you seen regress on defense because Keekly retired? Not being able to put them in the position Ooh, where they need to be successful. One. Yeah, I tell you, a, one. Yeah, one. Definitely one. Shaq, Shaq Thompson. Thompson. Shaq Thompson. Yeah, we all Thompson. Same thing. Yep. Yeah. Now that now that Shaq Thompson no longer has the benefit of Luke Casley and um and Thomas Davis next to him, uh, he's not the guy that we were hoping that he was going to be and step up to be. Um, and, and got signed to a deal. That, and then on top of that, dude, he's not even playing Mike's linebacker in a four three, and the guy that we brought in to do it to rear Whitehead. Is a fucking dumpster fire. Also bro. known it as is, tired whitehead. It is a, a liability <laughs> in every single way that you can imagine. So it's not like we went from a Hall of Fame caliber perennial all pro to just a bunch of fucking nothing, Bums. man. Like it's Bums. bad, dude. It's yeah. bad. What, what about the secondary? How's it been doing? We're injured, and we really are finding out that we do not have a number one corner. Well, we, we went Dante into this season yeah. risking everything. To be honest, this was a season we just said it's a complete rebuild. Yeah, well, and and, and and especially in the secondary, is yeah. that it was like, hey, let Dante Jackson, this five foot midget, try to prove it. He's fat, you know. The last coaching staff didn't like him. He's a ball hawk. He's super fast. Um, but, I mean, that's all he – I mean, you can only be so much when you're five foot ten. The second thing is that we didn't invest anything. We let James Bradbury walk, which right. is, I mean, maybe fine, I guess. But he's he's been playing pretty well for the Giants. We have Trey Boston as our free safety, who he's is – yeah, like the third time? second year, yeah, second, <laughs> well, second year third, back, second yeah. time, yeah. yeah. Um, and then like we we brought in Justin Burris, who has been injured the last couple of weeks with a rib injury, but he is a 
journeyman guy who's only started 10 games prior to coming to Carolina. Like, we didn't invest anything in our secondary. And right. to be honest, they have been playing <laughs> way. We got Rasul Douglas off the scrap heap from mm-hmm. Philadelphia, and he's been pretty darn good. Our secondary has been playing far better than we thought they would, and they're bad. So they okay. So they're playing. They're playing well within the scheme. They you just don't have any real playmakers. They're, they're playing. Better yeah, I mean, they're playing better well. than yeah, we, we expected. One, we it's just playmaker. they're still not good. We have one playmaker in the secondary, well, and that's Dante. Jeremy Chen. Jeremy oh, Chen. Jeremy yeah. Chen. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Jeremy and Chen, he's yeah. been hurt. He got hurt. He didn't play last week. Knee injury. Rookie of the year. Potential prospect. Yeah, we got one of those. Yeah. So, real quick question. We were talking about Dante Jackson earlier since we're talking about de- our defensive backs right now. We had his one year left. Let's say Jalen Ramsey signed it. Not say. Jalen Ramsey signed a contract with $71 million. I'll put the other in at Josh Norman, $3 million. What are you paying? Dante Jackson right not, now if you have to resign him. Uh, we're not. Not 71, I know, but are you going to pay him anything? You, you no. wouldn't pay him anything. We're going to no. make him play wow, his okay. final year of the contract and say, get the fuck out of here, little man. That's going to be really? it. Really? Yes. Okay. Well, see, here's here's the, here's the next Jason Verrett. This, this is what I always love doing to people in chat and fans and stuff. Like, get Dante Jackson out of here. Okay, replace him with who? And that's, how much is he going to cost? That's my point, Exactly. You're Draft. replacing a guy who gets at least somebody okay, taller. Draft, when you're picking, who's there? Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's somebody. <laughs> somebody. But you got to go into the draft with a full team. You can't go into the draft needing pieces to your team. You have mm-hmm. to be able to field the team. We're not if, getting rid of him. The draft didn't happen. He's but just a the bum. The, the, the division you need to have the best cornerbacks in, look at the receivers you have in this division. Between Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and Michael Thomas and and uh and Mike Evans and Godwin, like DJ Moore and and and, and uh Robbie Anderson now. I think this might be the Matt, best wide no, receiver. You don't in the NFL. need you don't need yes, is it a luxury to have like the top rate corner? Who was the corner that went from the pay, that made the money in the with the Patriot, the Jets and the Bucks? And oh, then, oh, um, about, uh, Revis. Revis. Yeah, like, yes, that's a luxury to have a guy that you can do that. But even listen to this, is that you're talking about one of the best defenses in the league and the Bucks, and guess what they're playing every fucking down? Nickel. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You, like, you need, is that this? Right. Is so you, you need, need pass three, rushers. You need corners. No, you need pass rushers, man. That's what you and, need. And, you need uh, good corners. And a shutdown corner is nice, especially when he's a rookie, because you get him for five years. But right. no, you need pass rushers. It's about pass rushing, pass rushing, pass rushing. This okay. is a rebuild for the Panthers. And a lot of people have gotten mad at me because I'm like, man, this is a year to lose, man. We have a brand new coaching staff. We, you know, we think we need to do a quarterback. There are holes all up and down this team. Uh, we drafted all defense, and yet we still need more defensive players. We need yeah. another corner. We need another safety. We definitely need more linebackers. We have to fill uh, a whole nother offensive line. Like, this is not a year, and I don't care if people think it makes me a bad fan. Like, if we're rebuilding, it, it would benefit to have a better draft pick going forward to continue to build this football team because we have a lot of needs right now. A lot. 
Yeah, it's real hard to openly root for a loss, though, and yeah, and, it, and, and, and and not come away with a few bumps and bruises. Yeah, no true doubt. that. True I've that. Very, very that. Yeah. All right, um, Rand. Thanks for your time tonight. Tell them how they can follow your work. Sure. Uh, of all you Panthers fans that want to know about the Buccaneers, I'm your guy. Uh, I co-host a podcast called uh, The Petercast. You can find it on Twitter at The Petercast and all across all social medias. To find me personally, the only place I'm at is on Twitter at Rendax, R-E-N underscore D-A-X-T. I'm always down to talk Buccaneers football, but if you don't want your tweet to go out there in the Twittersphere because it's just too hot, feel free to slide in my DMs and I'll talk Buccaneers football or Panthers football with you there as well, too. You can also talk Atari with them. All right. Uh, video games, man. Talk video <laughs> games. Food, video games, and football. Man, I, can, more, I can get down with that. I like all. Yeah. All right, Rand. Thanks for your time tonight, guys. We're going to keep moving on. Still some more show to go through. Good luck Sunday, guys. Thank you. Yeah, man. I hey, hope man. you guys, uh, I wish you the worst. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hope everyone breaks their legs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Someone's going to break their legs, and we're going to at you the entire game. <laughs> oh, I know. As long as it's the Panther, I don't care. Thank God Christian McCaffrey's not playing. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, Brian Burns. Sit Brian Burns now. Oh. All right. You're listening to C3 Panthers Podcast, brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. The number's 252-228-5098. Can we please get into these cat calls? Yeah, Can we? Bore a little, buddy. All right, and you guys got to cover him because my back teeth are floating. Yeah, so I'm right there with you. Yeah, <laughs> you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good. Like a three and a four and a who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose? Who's that kid that can use one? Hey guys, this is Chuck up in Elizabeth City. Um, just want to get you guys thoughts and uh, kind of share with you what I'm thinking. I've been very impressed, and I've said it before, with, with the coaching staff and, and how well they prepare our team. And it just seems more like a football team, and um, it's just a way to do things the right way in the organization than what we have. Just John Fox as coach, and. I know, I noticed a lot of times, Ron used to have all these excuses or he'd come up and, and you know, he always had these cliches, you know, um, of saying things, you know, missed opportunities. And our, our coach staff now seems to, you know, when you think they've got less to work with, they're just coaching the guys up. Um, one thing I've noticed this year, and if we're playing camp today, I really want to keep my eye on this game a lot because I know Tom Brady coming off an in-division loss, he's going to be fired up. And we saw it when they lost to New Orleans the first week. They come out and beat us by double digits the second week. The only game we lost by double digits. And I look back at that game, we had an opportunity to score Teddy over through. I lost the pass to Christian McCaffrey at the end of the first drive. Um, then end of the game, we're down by seven, about five minutes to go. You know, the, their, their run game, they just kind of, Leonard Fournette just ran us down, and he had a nice long run. And in, even in that 14-point loss, which still in the last couple minutes, almost got in the red zone to score to, to bring it to a one-possession game. And I guess what I'm getting to is this is the kind of week where 
things like Tampa Bay, where Tom Brady would thrash us after they're coming off the embarrassing loss they had. And if we can somehow, even if we don't win, if we make it a one-possession loss or a close game like we've done against New Orleans and Kansas City, um, our chances of really playing out the rest of the season, and look at the Green Bay game as well, and we really might win a few games, and we might be in these games where we only lose by one possession. And it feels so good to have a team that's really on point that where we're, you know, we're watching the end of the game where we've got a chance. I just want to get you guys thoughts on that. You know, um, the, since uh, most of you guys bailed on me on that, I'm just kidding. Um, the, uh, the, the funny thing about this is, I don't know if you guys have heard um, Matt Rule's press conference because he was asked, he was actually, this question was posed to him about Tom Brady being mad about what happened and that he's going to come back and he's going to, you know, how do you, how do you plan for a mad Tom Brady? That's not who you want to play against. Right. And then Matt rule came back and he said, you think he's mad? We've lost four in a row that we should have won. Like he said, like these are, these are scenarios where we're one play away from winning all of these games that we're in like one play, one decision, one thing. And, and so I I loved that response because as pissed off as as Tom Brady's going to be coming off of this, the Panthers are feeling confident, right? Because they just put the uh, put the the league on notice with that that you know close game with the Chiefs, saying, "Hey, listen, we're not going away. You know, we're going to be here. You're gonna you're gonna play us. We're not giving up. We're not rolling over. We're gonna fight." And when you saw that. You know, I think that this team is going to come back this week and they're going to have more confidence. Even though the win didn't happen, that felt like a win Sunday to them. I guarantee you. Guarantee you that felt like a win for them. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's like when you lose by a field goal or a touchdown or just an interception at the end of the game, like being that close to victory – it's so bittersweet, man, because it's like, you know, there's no such thing as a moral victory, and you want to be proud of your football team, and but you don't want to, like, a loss is a loss, you know? And, again, uh, Mike Vela says we almost beat the champs, you know? Well, almost don't cut it. And, and we're, we're losing these games. And, again, man, you know, we talk about tanking, and I'll say it again, no one in the organization – is trying to lose. None of the players are trying to be out of position or get a better draft pick. They don't care about any of that shit, man. They want to go out there and win football games and not be a laughing stock and not be a team that's known for losing the games they should have won. And I like that Matt Rule has that answer. Again, this, you know, I know me and Greg might differ on this and, you know, people have opinions on our coaching staff. This season has done nothing but make me feel better about our coaches. The -hmm. fact that we are so competitive with such an incomplete roster, with a quarterback that I don't believe in, and with a running back who we just paid all this money who has been hurt the whole time. We've been competitive against some of the best teams in football. So I'm loving what the coaches are doing. Um, I, I like the, the the culture that Matt Rule is implementing. Um, I think you're you're seeing the start of something being built here in Carolina. 
Here's Matt Rule on the attitude you got to have. I want them. I want the coaching staff, all of us, to learn from this last game, not to be satisfied with a close loss. Never. <laughs> we're gonna, you know, we're gonna learn from it. And the other thing I want to do is I want to. I want it to make them mad. You know, I want to. I want our guys to be mad. I want our coaches to be mad. I want us to have an edge about us. Like, you know, we're the Carolina Panthers. We're not. You know, we're we're, we're here to win. We're not here to you know keep it close. And so, I think if our guys continue to work the way that they've worked every week, I think if we continue to learn. Uh, both in good times and in bad. And I think if we continue to have an, an edge, you know, we have a chance to win every week and we have a chance to win down the stretch. And that's, you know, at the end of the day, like um, as a football player, like there's lots of things you want, you know, you want the tangible results and all that, but you also just, you want to go win. And um, um, so I'm hoping that our, our guys have a little bit of edge about them. I hope our coaching is have, coaches have a little bit of edge, like, like let's just do more, continue to work harder, continue to get better. You know? Not that we're not working hard enough, but just every week, let's make it better, you know, than it was last week. And so um, that's all I sense. You know, I'm watching the guys in the meetings today. I mean, they- this nose to the grindstone. First of all, this team is far better than it should be. Yeah. Right now, this team is far better than they should be, and outside of the offense, and yes, I can. Yes, you can say that Teddy Bridgewater is a good to better than average. He's a better than average or average quarterback, right? I mean, at the very least, our offensive line is far is playing better than it's played in years. I hate. I I'm telling you. Trent Scott or whoever the hell we trot out at left tackle is way better than Matt Khalil ever was at when he wore a Panther jersey. This team offensively is pretty is pretty good. I mean, it's okay. it's pretty darn good. The defense is the greatest surprise here, and that is playing basically with one arm tied behind their back and one tired ass leg behind their head in that bald ass career like what i mean like they should not be as competitive as they are they should not be the can i be the wet blanket here no sure aren't you always? okay yeah I'm, I'm always the wet blanket here uh you know we're talking about how we're competitive in these games and you know we've been so close to some of these games four games this year we've lost by one possession last year we lost six games by one possession so once again, this feeds into my argument. We're the exact same team. We, we watched were. that team last like, year, bro. Like, we watched that team you know, last the, year. The, we're the trending the up. Sucked. They were trending down. The end of That's the season the sucked. You're right. That's why there's such a sour taste on it because the last few games we sucked. The last However, few games. The last for, 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 ten games. Uh, well, okay. I or mean, eight game nine. I'm, I'm looking, like, I'm looking whatever at one, two, is. three of those games we, we lost by three possessions. So I mean, or one possession. Excuse me. We did get blown out a lot, though. Not a lot. No, I just felt like this is like I didn't see tomorrow being a brighter <laughs> day with last year's team. But but that's my point. Is everybody's saying that, and, and I get it that we're looking forward to the future. But we're, we're young. Still, we're young. We're we're, we're still we were old. We were the goal. oldest team in the league last year. I felt like. Or the year before, I can't Question. remember. I which think one, it was one of those. Two. I can't remember. First, yeah. first things first. We also faced the 49ers last year, and mm-hmm. who lost to the Chiefs, and who Bowl. were considered a, one of the better teams in the NFL, mm-hmm. and we got destroyed. Mm-hmm. We just faced one of the best teams in the NFL, and we held our own and almost won. Well, what's they've lost three games, right? 
Who the uh, two? The Chiefs. Also, Greg, you do realize no, though, they, two, they've only lost two. They lost two. The, okay. That was the end of Ron Rivera's tenure, and exactly. Year, exactly. That's why the end looks so bad. In a, in a year where we thought the roster was. At the start of the last year, we thought. The yeah, roster- we were thinking we were ha- yeah. we were contenders. I mean. yeah. yeah, right. Like, I think, for, for, like from what he's done in his first year, like I think we could. Be it's insane. So it's insanely be- good. The the part that I think is important first and foremost, there's only one game this year that we've lost by more than a one possession. Um, so out of our six losses, five of them have been by one possession. Um, the one that you're thinking about is the Falcons. That was eight points. That's still one possession, technically. Uh, no, the Falcons. Yeah, that was eight points. Let's see. We lost to the Cardinals, twenty-one thirty-one. No, we, we beat the Cardinals. We beat the Cardinals. Oh, sorry, you're right. We beat the Cardinals. Hold on. There was it two was the, it was Maybe Las Vegas. We lost to the Bucks, thirty-one seventeen, and we lost to. Is you, know, it? you might be right. Yeah. yeah. Everything else. Everything and that's else has been with a bunch of fucking bums yeah. and rookies on defense. Last year we had Gerald McCoy. All, like who, who, we brought in at the name, we but we have Poe. We, we have McCoy. We uh, here. I tell you this: we have what at what position group on defense were we better last year? Name that's them. That's a good point. Except oh uh, oh secondary. Corners, I would say secondary. We were better. Yeah. yeah, it should have been everybody. It should have been cool. cornerbacks. Because you got James Bradbury, you got all those guys. You had Eric Reed, you had um, Dante Jackson. How about this? We had Luke Keekley, Shaq Thompson last year. Guess what? Mm-hmm. We got fucking tired Whitehead now and tired ass Shaq Thompson. Oh, We've and, got, and- like, we have nothing. We have rookies and bums on defense. That's what we have rookies and bums. Yeah, to be fair, I can give the defense a little bit of credit because the Luke Keekley leaving was unexpected. That's something we had planned in our future for the next few years to build around, and all of a sudden you have to rebuild now. So I'll, I'll give him credit for that because... I do think our offense all. arguably should be considered better this year. Oh, That's the one 100%. thing. No, but like, no, I mean, like going into the season. That's the only thing. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. what I'm trying to say is this, is that we should have... We had more parts last year and a worse product. And on top of that, you had a coaching staff that had been there, that had been putting in their thing, had been bringing in their guys. It's an established culture already by that point. Like, yeah. it's and not I, one yes. re- And I will tell you this, is that I promise you, is that our coaching has not been a deficiency on this team this year. It just I, hasn't I, been a deficiency, and we could argue. How many years? How many years have been? I mean, I know that North. I like North Turner, but how many fucking podcasts did we spend two hours talking about how Mike Shula was the reason this shit sucked? How uh, whatever you know? what I'm saying like we're not mm-hmm. saying that on the we're not on the coaching on the coaching question. One of the things that I know you guys had to have talked about Sunday after I, I had to dip out was the lack of um, urgency in that second to final drive. When we had five minutes left in the game, we were down by two possessions and they were walking to the line. They didn't seem to be very, which game was this last week, last week against the Chiefs. Um, 
And I wanted to ask you guys, because I think that that could, uh, some people might look at that and see a, uh, a knock against the, the, the coaching staff. And in the moment I did as well, but then, you know, the, the, uh, the devil's advocate side of me wanted to also say, Hey, listen, let me try to see if there's a way to look at this otherwise. And the other way to look at it is the chiefs when they had to pass or when they wanted to pass was fine. They could pass all over us, but they could not run. But if it's two minutes before the end of the game, are they going to be passing? No, they're going to be running, and we can stop that. So the urgency that we were lacking was maybe to draw as much time off the clock so that the Chiefs didn't feel the need to throw the ball. Because if they threw the ball, if it was still four minutes left on the on the clock, they throw the ball because they're going to get we're going to get another shot one way or another, you know. But if it's two minutes left on the clock, we're not going to get another shot. Just run the ball, dude. We are yeah. trending in the right direction. And the very fact is we are definitely trending in the right direction, and that is we're doing it with limited pieces. We are making chicken salad out of chicken shit. And it's true. It's true. Is that there is – tell me this. is uh, Look at this. Is Robbie Anderson – we're talking about Robbie Anderson and Curtis Samuel and DJ. But, like, look at it. I mean, they're not – it's not the elite – elite group you know what i'm saying you're not talking i mean yes they are very good together but it's not putting it's not megatron out there you know we don't have any tight ends um so on offense we've been okay i mean if anything i've been a little disappointed i've been very disappointed in our offensive production is in just not getting to the into the red zone second is the defense is got to be a bright spot we're getting better from week to week and yeah there are some real deficiencies so Anyway, uh, let's keep going through with the calls. Hey, fellas, it's Jason from Colorado. What's um, up, Jason? I wanted to start my call this week, kind of do it out of order, and, and start with my ice up pick. Um, I got to dish that out to uh, the Panthers Reddit. Um, I don't know if any of y'all ever tune into like the, the game threads, the post-game threads, but there's so much negativity floating around there, and I mean – it, but it's it's also paired with with uh, kind of arrogant I told you so's, which is an, a very distasteful combination. So it's like as you're watching Welcome the game, to the internet, um, you know, it's when the tide goes against the Panthers and our opponent starts doing well, everyone is always all, oh, this is this team is garbage. We need to re- retool everything. Fire all the all fire Phil Snow. Get rid of Joey Spy. And, uh, but then when things go well, it's always, oh, I told you so. I knew that the, that player was good and all this, that, and the other. And anyway, it's just me being bitter. But, um, looking forward to next week, you know, we're, we got the Bucks coming to town and, uh, they're pissed off, man. You know that they're feeling embarrassed. They just got, got dick punched by the Saints last week and they're going to be looking to, to get right this week. Um, you know, the secret that other teams have, have, unlocked to beating Tom Brady is just to get pressure on him, disrupt him. He throws bad passes. He gets, he gets turnovers. If you give him time to take apart your defense, then he will. And so we need to get pressure. I think getting um, Gross Matos back should definitely help boost our pass rush. Um, so hopefully we can just hit home. I, I, there's no quarterback. I like to see get hit more than Tom Brady. So let's, let's, let's eh, well, maybe Matt Ryan, but let's, let's get after it. 
Um, yeah. Hopefully we can get some pressure, get some sacks, force some turnovers, and, and, and get off to a good lead. Um, kind of getting away from the, you know, the week to week, um, I try to bring up something for y'all to discuss every week. And the thing that came up during the post game was seemed well, at least one of the themes was Marty Herney, and how I, Cody, you were saying that Marty Herney's trash. We don't, we he's holding us back. We could do better without him. This, that, and the other. And I, I, I don't think that's true. And the reason that I suggest that is that I think that you can look at the success that he's had under Coach Rule and his regime, and I think it speaks to the nature of the relationship between the coach and the general manager. And this came up a lot during the draft where people were saying, you know, who's in charge? Who's pulling the strings? Is it Marty Harney or is it, or is it Matt Rule? And, and the obvious answer, I thought it was obvious, but nobody seemed to bring it up, is that they work together. They're on the same team. They're part of the same organization. And in my mind, the object is that, the, you know, the coach has a vision for what they want for a football team. Oh. Let's get the rest of it. Oh, so like I was saying, it seems like it should be the coach's job to dictate, to determine what the vision is, and then it's the general manager's job to go and execute that vision and to get players to buy in and to come, you know, to contract with free agents. And I got to admit, like when you look at the preseasons for the last several years, I feel like we had tons of optimism. You know, like. We, you know, we'd sign the Matt Paradis, who was the best free agent center yep. who was available yep. because we Good really point. needed one now that Ryan Khalil was out. And, uh, there were other free agent moves that, you know, that we were really excited about that Bruce Irvin and, and, you know, that we, we really thought made our team better. And I think that we don't give him credit for that because it didn't work out, but. If we were in that position that he was at that time, we would have been happy with those. We were happy with those decisions. I agree. And, uh, but so anyway, I think that the value in Marty Herney is his ability to work with anybody. And I think that's what mm. David Tepper likes, is that no matter who that's the coach million. is, Marty Herney's going to be able to work with them, and that can kind of give them some continuity. It seems, he knows the practice. We all agree that he hits home runs on the first round. And he doesn't get a lot of credit for his late round picks, but those lately have been hitting. I I think. I mean, most of the people that we've drafted, you know, Dante Jackson was a second round pick, Curtis Samuel was a second round pick, Corn uh, Elder was a third or fourth round pick. Uh, you know, like we we have the guys on our team still. I mean, we're not the best, but I don't think he gets enough credit. I think that that's going to really I change Matt Rule calling the shots and, Dante. and giving him the vision to execute. Um, but alternatively, I mean, no, who Dante else did we bring in? And uh, we've kind of been touched sure. on before. Um, but I think that the only answer for, for me personally would be to look in-house. I mean, I, I see what the 49ers did when they got John Lynch, and I'd be looking towards, you know, who are some of the big-name guys like that that we have in-house? I think the obvious choices are Julius Peppers and Luke Keekley. I mean, Julius Peppers, I think he has a degree in educational psychology or something to that effect. But, I mean – he 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 the he's the business manager or football business operations manager or something Bring like back that. He knows damn the business Morgan, side of baby. it and he knows the player side of it. I think it'd be pretty cool to get Julius Peppers in there uh making personnel decisions. Yeah. Uh and Luke Keekley, he sees the game in a unique way that nobody else does. I think it's great having him as a talent scout. I don't think there's a way that we could misuse him on our team as a coach, as a scout. As an office guy, you know he's he's got the the, the tools to do it all. So 
I want to hear what you guys thought. Before Cody rails, thanks, man. Thanks for the call. And uh, before Cody rails, Herney, um, Marty Herney 2.0 was was is far been, better. Has been better. Yes, has been better. By a large and he's margin. right. We cannot hate on him because it didn't work. Because he at least did what we needed to do at the moment. And yes, it didn't work. There's a lot of other factors that went in. But Cody, speak to moving forward. So I um I went and I looked this up real quick and it's an older list, but it'll serve my purpose for right now. Um if you go back when did Marty Hurney come back to this football team? 2017? It was after the 2017 draft. He drafted DJ Moore. That was his first draft pick back. I think it was earlier than that because uh, Jerry Richards had fired uh, yeah, but Pepper. he fired him day. after the draft, and it was the day after training, like the day before training camp. I it know, was but the what I mean year- what I was going to say is that uh, David Tepper purchased the year in 20 or purchased the, the team in 2017. He had 2018 and 2019 seasons. David no, has, he's only had one year as our, as our owner seasons. before this. He's had two seasons. With Last him. year was his first no, ownership no, year. No, no, no. This is his third he year. He had two years with Ron Rivera. Yeah, this is his third year coming in. Yeah, this is his third year. Yeah. So we've had Marty Herney here for four years altogether including 2020 for the second stint it was 2016 so our 2017 year that we did well was the year that was right before that year is when we uh when we brought Dave Gettleman was fired June 20 July 22nd 2017 his first draft 2017 yes so Jerry Richards had fired him and then sold the team right after yes because he went out in shame around October of that year. So, like, two months later. So, look, he's had the 2018 draft and the 2019 draft. Let's do And, by the way, this question really... Dude, we're going to do a whole episode at one point, And I'm going to go and run through step by step of, about why Marty Herney needs to be fired. But here's a real quick list of... um. Just uh, we're gonna name off some players from from his last few drafts, okay? We can go all the way There's back. Only, from... Wait, his last couple of drafts, yeah, sir. There's I only have, been two. There's only no, been no, two. No, no, no. So I'm, even, I'm even going from. Well, okay, and so three even... now because 2020. The th- we've had three now because right, so 2020 wait, counts. It's 2010. Here's some names, and you tell me how many. Of Since these 2010, no, we have to no, start no. in 2018, 19, 20. That's it. 2018, well, I, 19, 20. I, I, I don't even do that because are we going to, like, we get to erase his entire past of missing on people? No, you cannot count 2000, 2010. You can't count because Jerry Richardson was leading the charge against the NFLPA. He was tanking on. He was not paying. He was doing everything. That's oh, why he paid oh, D'Angelo I, 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 and Jonathan Stewart from 2011. No. How about how about this, Terrell? Uh, get to me when you hear a name. He that, only uh, had 2011, bro. Terrell McLean, Sion Fua, Brandon Hogan, Kaloa Paharis, Lawrence Wilson, 
uh, a bunch of people you never heard of. Amini Silatolu, Frank Alexander, Joe Adams. Uh, okay, two players. I've got might four know. Joe Adams autographs. <laughs> Justin <laughs> Hardy, or not Justin uh, Hardy. What was it? Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy. Yeah, that was another late round pick, and he's the only name in that other list, practically. Uh, Josh Norman was the fourth. How about this? Uh, Rashawn Golden, Ian Thomas, we're still waiting to hear from. Marcus, nah, y'all bitches love Ian Thomas. I, I did this a few weeks ago where I went through all of his picks, and you guys badgered me for it and told me that those picks didn't matter because we couldn't compile 20 years over X or how many years. Back I didn't time. No, you didn't. Yeah, no, I, no, I was trying to make the argument that, that he's put no. some good players on our team. That's what I've been saying. But here's, I've been here's saying is Marty second. All right, let's start this. Let's forget. Let's forget previous Marty Herney. I know you don't want to, but let's just do it. Let's just forget previous because I might. What did I say? CK Marty Herney 2.0 has been better. It's better. Yeah, it's been better. Right. But here's the here's the part that I want to I want to address before any of this. I will bet you money that you go back and look at any other GM's drafts and they're going to have his equally amount of no name Yeah, look at the, the fucking round. Patriots oh, yeah. ones. Equal Patriots drafts yeah. suck a so dick. The, you don't hit if, everyone. If you're if you're just literally putting let's let's look at Marty Herney 2.0, right? Let's let's That's really That's what do I that. think is fair. Okay. 2018. We got a lot we got Dante Jackson, right? In that the same draft we got Dante Jackson, DJ Moore, Whoever Brad Bradbury and Jackson the same same draft. Well, no, 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 that Bradbury was the one. That was Bradbury right. was a Gettleman guy. That's right. But and then last no, year, yeah, we did. No, we got <clears throat> DJ Moore and Dante Jackson in the right. Yeah, I was, DJ, I, I was saying Bradbury, Dante, DJ, Dante, Rashawn Golden. I think right was yeah. yeah. Rashawn Golden is going to be the thorn in our side. He sucked. Kendrick Norton, Andre Smith, like Andre Smith still on the team. Yeah, but like. Did we, we, we trade Andre Smith to the Bills? Yes, we did. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. And we got something okay. in return for him. And he got All back. right, so but, how about this? Is Who did we get in that draft that's still on the team? How about that? Or that is any good? Dante, DJ, is D, and, and first of all, none of these are great. There is a argument that we could, I mean, we could have picked Calvin Ridley over DJ. Yeah, but well, I don't think that you would have any. I don't think Calvin Ridley's career would have been any better than DJ Moore's on our team, right? But he's had the benefit of having a very good passer who's getting able to get the ball to him deep, right? So that's the benefit. Realize, Calvin like really how is. important drafting. All right, so one, if you want to mention free agency, fine. We were excited at the time, but it didn't pan out. So you can't give him credit. Well, for I mean, but it didn't pan out because of a variety of reasons, dude. If and no, is that you can't. If you're a GM, you have to address the team as it stands before the season starts. So you yes, can't. You cannot say, "Well, it didn't work because Cam got hurt and this and that." Is that no? We, I mean, he did. A lot of things that were ultimately necessary. He went and got Paradis after we lost Khalil. It's, it was necessary. It wasn't. It was there needed. Was no better free in that position to sign at that. Yeah, time. And, yeah. And, and, Is and, that and, he had Brashard Breland, 
who is playing with the Kansas City Chiefs right now on one of the better secondaries. He had him locked up, and then all of a sudden his foot fell off, mm-hmm. and he's scrambling, and he somehow did manage to get Don Terry Poe at that point. He is not here. The problem with Carney is this. Yes, has he been a killer in the late rounds? No, he has not been. But his real, the real problem, what he did was over negotiate contracts. That's where his issue was. Yeah, and he has like not he, done that. So here, what your real argument so should be, Cody, is should just be no, no. this: is being average gets you average. That should be the Herney argument. That should be the Herney argument. Is being the average gets you average? How about this? Uh, um, okay, the most drafted position by Marty Herney is offensive line. Believe it or not, with over 17 different picks. No, 18 now. Uh, okay, but, so uh, hold on, hold on. All right, no. In his whole line, career? Offensive, yeah, he has drafted That's more 20 off- years, dude. That's not fair. Which means maybe one a year. It could be a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick. I know. It, That's God, not fair. to build... Yes, it is. He's proven to you that he can't build an offensive line. In he has year, proven that. I'll give you that. In the year he Wrong. drafted, he drafted Jordan Gross. He drafted Matt Khalil. He drafted Jeff Ota. Those guys were okay, fucking right. studs. Oh, Grant, good point. <laughs> not doing shit for us. We moved up in the second round, and we're having to replace the left tackle position again. We have to draft another quarterback and another set of offensive linemen, and I have yet to hear one good argument why Marty Hearn should be the person to do it. There is nothing that he has done that isn't reasonable by someone else. This is the same. I feel like I'm trying to bed a supermodel, and I do an average job, and she's like. And everybody's like, you fucking suck. I was like, hey, I didn't claim to be the best. But damn, everybody, I'm walking out of here with a smile on my face. We're not going to accept Teddy Bridgewater as an average quarterback. Why in the fuck? Are we accepting Marty Hearn? That's what I'm saying. He's That's, average. I'm not saying right. keep Fair him. I'm, well, nobody's Fair saying right. keep him. I think we need to. I think we need to address the elephant in the room here, right? <clears throat> what? It, how do you feel about the last two drafts of Marty Herney? We've got Greg Little, sir. You know, we'll go ahead and take that out of the equation. But let's talk about the last two drafts. Last year, who did we get? Burn, or last Ryan year, Burns. Chin. Well, else? not last year. The two years right. ago, we got Burns, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 2000, yeah. 2019. 2019. Yeah, so All we got right. is Burns. That's Greg it. Little. No. No, we got more. Who? I mean, Greg we got Christian Mark Miller. Fuck him. Who's, who's on COVID? Fuck you know, out not, not Jordan, the... Jordan Scarlett, who's not on the team Cut. anymore. That might be our own fault, though. But yes, Smith, and Marty Hernandez. There was a receiver from Georgia. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's not on the team no more. Let's just talk about the first four rounds. That's it. Because anything it after round really, four yeah. is kind of like a long Even that is not in his favor. Well, who were his first three last year? Last year was with Jeremy Chin. Was it was third, right. right? Yeah, that's this round, year. This year. Yeah, round. Yeah, first round, round. Jeremy Chin, Gross Matos. Who all three have been. Yeah, this was a badass draft. It tells me that Matt Rule drafted them. 
Oh, it was Will Greer. That was it. It was oh, Will Greer yeah, and Galton. That's right. That's what, does that tell you? what does that tell you about a team that needs to draft another quarterback going forward and they thought Will Greer? They said they had Will Greer rated higher than Kyler Hold on. Murray. Dennis Daly as well. You got to put him in that equation as well. And he's a late round. Hold on. Cody, Hold on. they say shit like he's that a, all the time. Like I say, I've got a big dick too. He is a Who's round that? six draft pick <laughs> who has started for us at left tackle last week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, I had a question. So we're talking about offensive line real quick. And I want y'all's votes. Who thinks we had a better offensive line last year? Nope. On None paper? of y'all? On paper, we did, but not. So, so y'all think we have a better? Because I'm looking at PFF rankings right now, and I want to read y'all this paragraph. Yeah. Last year we were ranked 18th offensive line PFF. Yeah. Our and line this year we're sucked. ranked. This year we're ranked 22nd. But listen to the explanation. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater has been as expected for Carolina so far, producing 62.2 percent of passing grade that ranks sixth worth of that position. The, uh, the completion percentage in the box score looks great, but that can be attributed to his low average depth of target and a lot of open throws created for him. Carolina's passing offense is actually 14th in expected points uh, added per play and 7th in total points added per play of throws 10-plus yards downfield. As again, that can be attributed to open receivers, not necessarily Bridgewater. 47% of Bridgewater's throws, 10-plus yards downfield, have been to a receiver with open separation, 4th highest in the NFL. The killer for Carolina has been the rushing attack with the offensive line. So, man, fuck PFF, <laughs> A, and B. Give me the eyeball test, Tommy. The eyeball test tells us this offensive line is better. Maybe. I watch it. I'm watching it. My eyeball. Then, then, then listen. Then listen. And here's my point, because if, if y'all if you're adamant about that, that's fine. Because we also can't deny our wide receiver core is better. So if our wide Way receiver better. core is better, better, and our offensive line is better, why is Bridgewater still putting up Kyle Allen numbers? That's my point. That is my how point. Do we get with the, Bridgewater. How do we get to Bridgewater? If he has a, if he, yeah, he has a better yeah, offensive yeah, line, back to Marty Harry. <laughs> <laughs> so that 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 point, I think. How about is this? This is where you Cody comes in and the fucking dagger in Marty <laughs> Herney's career is Teddy fucking Bridgewater. Hey. That's all I need to say, baby. So here's me and Cody are on the hill. Here's my here's my point that I was trying to one up. What I honestly, Greg made it miraculously. We are considered one of the best wide receiver cores in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And the only person on he our works. wide receivers that is not a Marty Herney pick is Curtis Samuel. Good point. Marty yeah. Herney got Robbie Anderson. Marty Herney drafted DJ Moore. Marty Herney did uh, like if you look at our team and the success, even in even if you look at the 2015 team, the success from 2015 is all on the back of Marty Herney's work. What are the, who are the superstars in 2015? Cam Newton, Marty Herney, Luke Kuechly, Marty Herney, Thomas Davis, Marty Herney. You want to go to the uh, anywhere else? Josh Norman, Marty Herney. Marty Herney. You want to go to Trey Barston? <laughs> Trey Barston, really Marty Herney. Yeah. You want to go anywhere else on the entire defense offense? It is all Marty Herney. We wanted to give Dave Gettleman the crown. We gotta bring salesmen in. We got. Do you guys know the salesman on Twitter? He is. He takes a shit every day and tweets about how Marty Herney should get. It should get canned. 
Charles I Johnson, th- Marty Herney. Uh, okay, I thought we weren't giving credit for it. If you really want to do that, if you really want to dig back into the past, then I get to do the same thing too, man. I can dig into a treasure trove of no-name players that Marty Herney has missed on. By the way, every single play? GM in the NFL has okay. ever had oh, that. On. Let me add, let me add this to the to the equation. Do you know that the Pittsburgh Steelers are one of the best teams at drafting wide receivers? And none of them have been used in the first round. They do not spend first and second round picks, yet they have the most badass receivers year in and year out. That's how you evaluate talent, okay? Marty Herney is not going to find the rare gems in a draft at a consistent rate. Now, the, the we're still out on this year. We don't, you know, we're going to have to wait a little while until we know what Derek Brown ultimately ends up becoming. I wouldn't even consider him a gem, though. Well, and and can we, well, can we also say, Cody, that Marty Herney's not the only one evaluating talent? He's not evaluating every player at every position. He, 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 yeah, you could actually say the coaching staff is a big part of that, that, too. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not all him, you know, just like it's not all them with with the, with the Steelers. I I mean, I don't smart. Savvy general manager that knows how to build a football team and generally evaluate talent well. Marty Herney is not that. He's not going to be that. He's not going to elevate this franchise. And more importantly, and then I'm going to shut up, Marty Herney is not the guy you're wanting or that you want to make the decision on your quarterback for the next decade. Lies, bro. He picked Cam Newton. Listen, no, that was a, that was a, that was a, no, that year everybody Patriots wanted, everybody wanted to pick Blaine Gabbert. But, but here's Glenn Babbert. Here's the part that I want to, I want to also point out. Who's playing with Brady. You, now, let's talk about the young GMs of the league. Who are the, who are those young GMs you're talking about? So the uh, okay, forgive me if I don't know the names, but uh, the guy from um, uh, the Chargers, Tom Telesco. Uh, okay. uh, then there's uh, what's the guy up in Lynch, um, Lynch is a fairly young GM, right? The, uh, yeah, Lynch is Lynch is arguably the best GM in the league right from now. San Fran. Yeah, he's fairly yeah. young. How many? Uh, he's the best. I have a question. I have a question though. What? How many times have they repeated to the playoffs? Who? Who? Those GMs you're talking about? Well, they're you just getting started. They're kind of new. Uh, I know, but young. yeah, no, no, that's what I'm talking about. You want to talk about the 49ers? He built that team. John Lynch built that team the way he wanted to. And what's happening this year? They don't look good this year. Oh, they're they all, also had 20,000 injuries. Yeah, yeah, they're missing half their roster. Yeah. And, and that, they guess, got, what? guess what? They're Bosa, the Nancy one that they Kerrigan. Put- Bosa, what came into the league with an injury concern, and guess what? Is he injured? Who's, whose decision was that well, to draft him? Here, here's my, here's my question I got to ask. If you're, if you're going to quantitate this, you've got to figure out some kind of thing. Cody, what is the percentage of good players a GM has to hit every year for you to consider them to be good? Out of the what, because, because they're not you can get seven, eight, nine picks a year. You're not gonna hit every oh, pick. Man, at least three. So if you get seven at picks, at least, least three have got to be starters for the next few years. Starters or uh That's fair. Uh, I, I can give you that. that's fair. Yeah, starters, 
Mm-hmm. And the other guys, I want to see them as players that uh, are cracking the rotation at some point. Okay. They don't have to be starters, but they can be relievers on, you know, second second down or whatever. I, I mean, players. And, Who was a better GM, Dave Gettleman or Marty Herney 2.0? Marty Herney 2.0. Yeah, I gotta go. I gotta go with you there. I think we were yeah. frauded by Dave Gettleman, I, and I am the biggest fool. I was in I, love with I, Dave I, Gettleman, I, I, but I, if you look back at his drafts, there are a lot of busts, man. I'd like to. After twenty fourteen, man, he stunk a. Actually, he stunk a dick after all of that. I loved his philosophy and how, in his interviews, he would tell you his and then mindset not do it. Football team. Yeah, but then the players that he would pick, just they they didn't, it never panned out. And, and yeah, he was a bad drafter. But dude, you're comparing a, a lot of nothing to a lot of nothing, man. Look, look, we're just saying you're being too hard on Dave, uh, Marty Herney. Not that he should be is a transcendent GM. Anyway, can I play the last call of the night, please? Or? I don't know. Can you? I mean, may I? Mr. Hey guys, this is the Cardiac Cat 13, Shane Welch, and I just wanted to call in and say I was proud of our team and how they played this weekend. You know, they just went toe to toe with the Super Bowl champs and took it to the wire. And everybody that's dogging on Phil Snow and the defense, he took a team of ragtag rookie players. No name leftovers from other teams and a bunch of guys from Temple and Baylor and took on the Chiefs offense and played well enough to keep us in the game to the very end of the game. I think our coaches are doing a great job. I think we're still a few players away from being a solid playoff team. And I want to say that I think we should draft all defense again next year and use the money that we have on offensive players for acquisitions and signing players that we shouldn't lose. I want y'all's thoughts on that. And I just want to say that the Panthers are the best worst team in the NFL right now. Best call. Good. Great call to end the night. Shout out Shane Welch, man. Great call. Great energy. Yeah, dude, I, I feel it, man. Everyone says I'm an old curmudgeon. I'm down in the dirt about everything Panthers, man. I, I was happy, bro. I was happy about the game. I was happy about the way we performed. We fought our asses off and still maintained our top 10 pick. It was everything we wanted, bro. I'm not going to be mad at it. Um, we have heart. Listen, I know heart's kind of like this uh, – you know, woo-woo kind of thing. It's just your ability to fight and, and, and to get punched in the face and keep on fighting, man. Yep. And our team has heart. We have it in abundance. And it's the same thing that lets me know that this rebuild that we're in does not have to take a long time. We do have a good, talented base. We just have to build upon it. I love it. Um, you know, I don't know what we're going to do with the free agency money, but I'm excited to see this is a Panther team with free agency money. Uh, we uh, yeah. actually are going to have, so, and, and I don't know what the salary cap's going to do now because of COVID. Isn't it going to be the saddest fucking thing in the world 
if the salary cap regresses because the NFL lost revenue and they tighten the cap. Because for the last, do you know when we started this podcast, the salary cap was $108 million or $112 million? Wow. Uh, now it's like 190. Name, uh, we just had a quarterback sign for almost that, right? Right, yeah. right. No, exactly. Is no, that that was this... 500 million, right? Five hundred. Yeah. 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 Way more than that. <laughs> so, uh, first time in the world that we actually are going to be shopping, maybe be exciting to see what we do. And you know what? I don't. I don't disagree with that call that much. To be honest, I wouldn't mind having a veteran presence in the defense and free agency. Uh, we're gonna have to do a little bit of both. We're gonna have to hit in the draft, this and that. Yeah, I'm excited. Can I say one more thing about uh, Marty Herney? Because no. you brought up how much. How we're gonna, too bad. Because you brought up how much uh, money we're gonna have to spend, or we're gonna be able to spend money. Okay, well, what has Marty Herney done with the money that he's spent so far? First of all, he hasn't Robbie had Anderson. any, bro. Robbie, no, yeah, Robbie hey, Anderson, no, Matt Paradis, no, boom. Gerald McCoy, Johnson, do a big deal. Career Whitehead, Shaq Thompson. Who, yeah. who else? Yeah, but we gave Tareer White. We gave Tyre Whitehead like five bucks, dude. Five, 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 if I got five, a hand job from a five dollar hooker, it's not like Shaq I overpaid. Tareer Whitehead, Weatherly. Well, yeah, but you're more or less talking about the difference of getting a hand job from a five dollar hooker and getting one from a hooker that has sandpaper hands. You know, I mean, there's a difference there. It's it's not it's it's not the same result. Don't do but, either. But here's Fona. here's, here's yeah. my question. Here, here, and and then we can end it. You know, after Cody, you know, has rebuttal to this. Um, so we want to go to the Chargers GM. Let's go to the same the same draft class. Their first pick was Derwin James. Okay, mm. not not a bad one. Second pick uh, was hold on, I have it here. Some weird name I can't pronounce. It is. Shannon Nwosu? Yeah, Nwosu. Yeah. Good See, line. defensive end. No linebacker. linebacker. Then oh. we have Justin Jones. Starter. Yep. Starting. Would you, would you say that he is good? He's a defensive end on a Chargers team that has Bosa and Melvin Ingram. I mean, I don't think he, he's... He starts for him. He's a third-round pick. Because well, of... He only starts for him injury. because he's uh, uh, Melvin Ingram is injury. Uh, yeah, okay. All right, so let's go ahead. But would you know who that is? Does anybody recognize that name? I did. I, I did. I recognize him. Because you're a draft guy. Yeah. Um, and then Kazir White. And then Shazam. Scott Quisenberry. Scott Quisenberry, Dylan Cantrell, and Justin Jackson. Scott Quisenberry's got to be an offensive coordinator. I think Justin Jackson plays. <laughs> he's a running back, so if he does, he's nothing. <laughs> No, but he does play. And in fact, I want to say that maybe I was thinking of him when you mentioned Jones. Because you said Jones was a defensive end. I don't know, man. I'm saying we're going to have a credit card of money to be able to spend. And I don't want Marty Herney swiping that card, dude. I just, I, 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 I haven't seen enough evidence. Like, right, obviously, I think in the heat of the moment of a bad few seasons, we want to pin it all on somebody. The thing that we've got to keep in mind is David Tepper came into this organization and gutted it. And there is one piece that he kept, and there is a reason. Mm. And it's not just because he has scout, scouts out in the field or anything uh, like that. You guys are I breaking my heart tonight, man. Just saying. Breaking my heart, dude. What? Did we said Marty Herney is average? 
No, it's not even. That's what we said. He's average. He's bad. All right, you know how hard it is to bring anybody to Charlotte anyway, and the no, fact that we average. got Robbie Anderson—he's average. No, let's just admit that it's it's average, just like Teddy Bridgewater is, bro. Still gotta fire him. I have yet to see a GM that that you. I mean, you can sit there and use success as a reason to judge a GM whether they go to the playoffs or they get a Super Bowl or anything like that. Like you can look at the Chargers and say, "Man, they got a stacked team," but a lot of that is just dumb luck, right? You know, they had. Some people and they they let some people go and then you look at the drafts their drafts aren't fantastic it's just certain pieces have lasted longer than others so i think i think the problem that i have with saying that they're, he's average is i think you've seen a lot of evidence that he's above average in a lot of areas but <laughs> hold on okay. first round tell me tell me a, a a flub on first round he's ever had and let's let's go ahead and talk about how above average he is there and if then flub on first round that he's ever had yeah. Okay. Hold on. So just a first round? Yeah, yeah. he's he's known for his first rounds. What constitutes a flub? Like No. You tell so us. Like, you like, tell like, us. Chris Gamble. Best one of the best. No, he's the fucking best corner in the history of the team. Best we've ever had. I'm actually, yeah. I'm actually looking at uh so Julius Peppers. Best. <laughs> Please don't say his name in a flub what? sentence ever again. Unless yeah, we want to nut yeah, quick, don't don't do that. Gross. One of the best that we've ever yeah. had. Yeah, Chris poor Gant, guy. Chris Campbell. Chris He's Campbell's just saying the, the names. I hope. <laughs> I hope you're just saying the names. I hope you're not in yeah, intimating no, these saying, people oh, are flubs. None of these the are flubs. All yeah, of these are fucking great. One of the best. Great. One of the best run, running great. backs we've ever had. All right, hold yeah. up, hold up, John Beeson. One of the fucking best amazing, dude! Line he was fucking amazing. This, this, you showing your aids here, poor guy. No, but I'm saying, okay, well, okay, John B. But yeah, John Beeson was the best linebacker. John Beeson was better than Thomas Davis until Luke Kuechly came. He was not nah, until <laughs> until injury hit. Like they flip flop, bro. No, sorry, wrong. John David, uh, John Beeson, not a flub. Sorry, move on. Next name. Pick another name. Uh, Sorry. John John Beeson, just so you know, Cody. John Beeson, first three years, 106 tackles, 110 tackles, 111 tackles. Yeah, Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl. Uh, No, no, he's the best, dude. The motherfucker was awesome, bro. Every year, yeah. Awesome. So keep going. Pick another name. He has not flubbed in the first round, ever. I'm not saying that he was a flub. I'm saying, like, who would you take – John Beast, I would take John Beast in again today, homie. Like right now, this motherfucker was nasty. You weren't watching. You weren't even born, bro. Basically, no offense. I mean, I know you were born, but you weren't. And just like I'm not gonna be calling on '90s. That's like saying Peppers is just like an I guy. No, he's a fucking Hall of Famer, man. Sorry, no, Julius Peppers is the best Panther in the history of the Panthers, bro. There uh, there we go, Jonathan Stewart. Fantastic. Fucking amazing. So hold up, does it matter if it's outside of the first round, but it was still his first pick? Yes, it does matter because you can't use the year that we traded away to get Jeff Otah to go, what was it? Everybody wants to be like we went to the second round pick and we got the that defense. Who is it? Go ahead and say his name. Everett Brown. All right, that's like yes, but it was a second round pick. Hold up, 
Jimmy Clausen. No. Yep. Okay. 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 So yeah, that one second round. But nah, he was second round pick. He was the second round one pick. One for eight. Nope. Nah, he was well, second I mean, rounder. If you want to have the first round thing, fine. My thing is this. Yes, fine. You have to walk off that hill, homie. Quarterback, other than Cam Newton, which was a, but anyone could have made that pick. But we haven't drafted any. Well, no, not pick. anyone can make that pick. That's such a lie. Go back and look at the first round and look at all the fucking busts two, there are. Dude. Two thousand. Well, two thousand eleven. You had Blaine Gabbert. You had uh, Cam Newton. You had uh, what's the guy for Dallas now? Twenty twelve. Uh, Maurice Claiborne. Morris Claiborne, who I thought was, was the fucking best. Draft dude. Class. Amazing draft class. Here, for Dave Hino. Uh, how do you say it, Hino? Yeah, for quarterbacks. Yeah, well, well, they expect Kelvin to be Benjamin yeah. equals a yeah, flub. Beat that. that. What? Well, that's the flub. Kelvin Benjamin, and that was Kelvin Benjamin. Yep. I'll give you that. He was that's a flub. Well, no, 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 no. Kelvin Benjamin a had a better rookie season than Julio Jones did. More yards, I don't want to hear that. No, he's a flub. I don't care. I don't that, care. I had uh, I mean, after the that, first he was time. No, I'm a, no, he was a flub. Just flub. Let's just go ahead and say it. Flub. He's not even in the league anymore. Flub. No, he, that's fine. Cheeseburger somewhere. I, I, by the way, I you, I'm not taking season over Thomas Davis. No, Ooh, that would be a tough call for me. Oh, I would take bro. I would take Beeson over over Thomas you Davis. You didn't the first see time. him and his best. Thomas Davis two point oh. I don't know. Thomas Davis pretty badass two point Thomas so. Davis came back from that final ACL injury. That was one of the best linebacker tandems in the NFL. But he oh, benefited from a, a yeah. But Cooper, you, you know, see here, bro. So was John Beeson and Thomas Davis before the injuries. They were the best linebacker combo in the NFL. But Davis was better with Keekley than he was with Beeson. I'll give you that. A Beeson, yeah, but yeah. Keekley's a better linebacker than Beeson. I'm not arguing Beeson's better than Keekley, but Beeson was damn good. Beeson was a he was fucking damn beast, good, bro. Dude. Man, that <laughs> dude was awesome. We're going to have to. Yeah, I'm was. sorry. Sorry, yeah, we're calling your little baby out. Your little baby age out on this. But but I, Leave the 2000s was, to me, homie. Leave the or the two thousands to me. You can I'm take still, care of the last ten years. Marty Hearn still needs to be fired, and I'm taking I'm taking Davis over. I tell you this. I tell you this is Marty Herney knows how to pick a fucking linebacker, bro. So if yeah. you if he Which picks I'm a linebacker, that pick. motherfucker is gonna be a but monster because he picked he guy he picked guys damn Morgan. Think about it, think about it this he way. He picked fucking Will Witherspoon. He picked John Beeson. He picked Thomas Davis. He, he picked, picked Luke Brian Keegan. Burns, who some people call a linebacker. He picked yeah. Jeremy Chin, who's been listed as somewhat sort of a linebacker. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. He He's got that. Oh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. All right. Don't worry. One day we'll take you. We just took you down memory lane. <laughs> I don't think Cody was expecting it to be that many hits on first round. When I, know, I know. He's like, oh, fuck. I drafted yeah. all Hall of Famers. I'll keep it a buck. They were pretty fucking good. And <laughs> Jeff and Jeff Ota is was if that big man wouldn't have gotten hit with a foot injury, he was monstering motherfuckers, though. He yeah, was so good, man. Even a foot takes you out. Come on, seriously. Because when you're a 
when you weigh 320 pounds, yeah, my feet that, hurt man. like a motherfucker. I got flat feet, and I've gotten fat. And the fatter I get, the more my feet hurt. I'm telling you. Marty Herney might not be great all around, but he's not the worst, and he certainly is not the best. All right. We have argued enough about this until tomorrow. Well, we got to go on and fucking argue against some other... Don't worry. I got your back with Teddy. Let's uh, not I'll bring up the John Beeson shit, though. Please. <laughs> Can we leave that one off the fucker? Yeah, I John Beeson off, you ass. With your right. beard goggles. Take that shit off. No, these are my grandma, like, uh, my boys, uh, Carl Vance, that look like grandma at the slot machine. Uh, and uh, Mike Vela hit me up on Twitter with a picture of uh, who's uh, the guy that played Zoolander? Yeah, and, uh, uh, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, now nah, these are those. Uh, what are they again? CK, you can tell me. They're uh, they're blue light filter. Uh, I got my I got my I, my like uh, work to buy them for me because and first they're only like twenty five bucks so it's not a big deal, but I said because uh, I don't ask for anything, and now that we're working at home, I was like, give me some of these glasses that CK got on. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, how do you like them? Uh, they're they're all right, man. Like I don't know, I I need to wear them more. I, I can't, you know what, is I can't tell either way if they help or hurt. Like, they're not hurting. How about that? They don't hurt. Like, I don't, uh, but I don't have a lot of headaches. I probably need to wear them so I get more sleep. I think that's what a lot of people say is they help you with your yeah. sleep and some shit like that. Anyway, partially me, I just need to go to bed. That would be one of the things. And one of the ways for me to go to bed would be to stop this fucking podcast. 10-4, little buddy. It, all right. Um, can we ice some mugs up? Oh, yeah. I'm ready. All right. Well, let's have it. Who wants to go first? You guys go ahead. I'll, 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 I'll take the reins. Yeah. I, I'm going to go out on a limb here. And this is, uh, you know, uh, I just got to put this out there because I was called out. Uh, the, the, I'm not sure when it was, but uh, I saw the video for it. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ice up the Panther Nation podcast. And, uh, you know, if you guys want to talk about it, let's talk about it because this is some serious stuff. But you guys took a quote from me that you read the headline of or the very first part of it of and didn't read the rest, misquoted me and then called me out for it. Here's my stance on my Kyle Allen and Teddy Bridgewater argument. Okay, Teddy Bridgewater is a better quarterback. I want Teddy Bridgewater to be a better quarterback. However, whatever you want to say with what you see, what you feel, the numbers don't show the same. He has 450 more yards in Bridgewater to, or than uh, Allen did last year through his first nine games, less touchdowns, more interceptions, and less wins. So you can get mad at me if you want to for making that comparison. I think that Teddy Bridgewater is a better quarterback, and what pisses me off, like I was saying earlier, is he has a better offensive line and better receivers, and he's not putting up better numbers. That's my problem. And CK, you put it the best earlier when you said Teddy Bridgewater is doing – the best job Teddy Bridgewater can do. And I think when you said that, it clicked with me. I just need a better quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater to feel confident. That That's what it is for me. So for the Panther Nation podcast, if you're going to call me out, I'll come on the show. I'm not trying to start beef, man. Let, let's have a conversation about this. I'll debate about it. Okay. Where's the beef? 
but, but yeah, exactly. But but it's what's for don't dinner. Call me, don't, don't call me out on something and then not put the full uh, narrative in there because I'm not saying that Kyle Allen is better than Teddy Bridgewater. What I'm saying is Teddy Bridgewater is putting up Kyle Allen numbers, and no matter what you want to say, you can't dispute that because numbers don't lie. So we'll talk about it. I'm fine with that. But for the Panther Nation podcast, ice up, man. Hit me up on Twitter. So. All right. Um, I like on, the days hit me back and forth. I kind of do like the, the, this, so, this idea of like a, a, a rivalry brewing between the podcast awesome. and the it's Panther awesome. Nation. This is for Dave. We got to get the ice up picks the right way. <laughs> He said, "Where are the damn cubes at, homie? Have right, we, where are we next? at on the cameo for ice uh, for the ice up? Oh, that's a good question. Oh yeah, we're, we're probably about halfway there. Nah, we still got a little ways to go. We've been slowing down a little bit. I had to pay for the damn. Uh, you know what? I keep the website going. I paid for the website for the year. It renews in November." And I don't want to close it, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're all podcast now, and I've just had the website for nine years. just don't want to close it, so I paid for it anyway. Uh, but that wasn't out of it. Don't worry. Your podcast money, if it comes to us, is just uh, a donation. That's it, man. Like, I'm not asking for no money. And uh, we do this because we like to talk about Panthers fans and Panther stuff, and that's cool, man. Anyway, yeah. um... Who's got next? Can I uh, go next here just because Please. I want to? It, uh, it's, it's funny. Okay, so uh, they built a statue or a sculpture commemorating writer Mary Wollstonecraft's um, com- uh, her contributions to, um, I guess, the, the feminist movement and female empowerment or whatever. But people are mad because they built this sculpture and the woman is butt naked, dude. Her tits are out. She's got a giant bush. And she's, it's, uh, I saw it on, um, on Twitter today, man. Uh, and it, you Mary, Titter? yeah, Titter on Titter. I saw it on Titter. On Mary Wollstonecraft. <laughs> and all the feminazis are getting all pissed off. They're like, uh, why does she have to be naked? There are no statues of, you know, important male men that are naked and all kinds except of shit. Except for David. Like, yeah, except for all of them, right? The most <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, dude. Um, I just think that it's hilarious, and it's another um, example of outrage culture of people being mad yes. at nothing everything like, and, ev- and everything so- they're mad at everything and nothing yeah, yeah they're mad at everything and nothing at the same time it's like come on and hey, we're crying wolf I- man that's where i feel like i this is where my criticism comes in is like be you know when you cry wolf so much like some of us just get tired by it and we would have been yeah. on your side right if it was a it real deal you have, yeah like we get it's like PETA. With all the stuff they go through, like it takes away from the from yeah. The like I remember things. back in the day, the this one lady who was on the board of PETA asked. Uh, so what they do is they kill elephants and they take their skin and they stretch them into umbrellas in some places. 
And she was like, I want my body. She asked for two things. She put it in her will for her body to be barbecued in <laughs> symbolism of like barbecue shit. And then the other was she wanted her feet made into umbrellas. <laughs> I was just like, God knows. These fucking PETA people. Do what she wants. But by the way, if I'm looking at a statue, I don't mind seeing some tits. But whatever, man. I'm just a red blood. I'm going to say, man, get a wax job. Oh, yeah. yeah. What you got? Uh, Who's next? CK, what you got? Um, Yeah, I mean, this may be low-hanging fruit, but it's our first Tuesday night podcast since the election was called. And, you know, I'm I'm, going to ice up every Democrat and Republican for the hypocrisy on both sides of things, right? Uh, I remember four years ago, Donald Trump won and Democrats went absolutely insane, like just absolutely insane. Like I'm leaving the country, not my president, hashtag not my president, all this stuff. Right. Um, All that stuff happened. And Republicans were acting reasonable. They said, well, listen, let's give them an opportunity. Let's unify under him. Let's do what we can do. Let's see what happens. And then at the end of the four years, we can judge. Okay. well, this year. We go through this process again, and it's, again, a very uh, toxic election process, which is uh, exhausting by itself. And then the Democrats win. And then now Republicans are going crazy talking about civil war and that they're that they're fraudulent, you know, all this crazy stuff. And now the Democrats are on the other side saying, Let's unify under this. Let's try to come back to bipartisanship. Let's let's give them an opportunity. I'm like, you guys realize all you guys are absolute hypocrites. You all acted the exact same way as one another. You are the exact same person. Every single one of you that wanted to throw an uproar or sit there and try to tell me why I shouldn't throw an uproar. Right. One of the two. Right. You're exactly the same. Every single one of you. You've got to be able to realize that just because you won doesn't mean you get to act different because you lost. You know, Th- those are two different things. You you don't see what we completely destroy players, especially quarterbacks, if they lose and they don't show a sportsmanlike conduct. Right? We just we destroy them in the media. You know, but at the same time, we we don't have that same luxury with voters. I mean, you've got to have that same type of luxury. Like, if you're going to sit there and act out as a as a Republican because you lost, which I'm at this point in time, I'm I'm happy to be past the toxicity of it all. I'm happy to. I'm not going to sit here and say that Donald Trump is not is a horrible president or whatever. We can let time make that decision, and history books written about him make that decision. But I'm just happy he's gone because he just did not bring anything positive to the world. I don't think I've ever seen him compliment anybody unless it was for his own agenda you know it was so frustrating so i'm happy that's out of the way but if you're a republican going absolutely asinine right now you were on the other side of this and you were just let's talk about black lives matter right you were sitting there talking about how the protesters are they need to get home they need to calm down they this is not how you get stuff done calm down republicans it's okay life is going to go on you're going to have another opportunity at this frustrating me anyway ice up guys ck man gotta clap yeah. that one buddy they're all we can't say there. i can't say the uh, i want to say a chauvinistic word for all of them 
and it starts with a B. They're all a bunch of you know what. Bitches. <laughs> bunch of witches. Yeah, you don't want you don't want the feminists. Little little pussy ass bitches. Yeah, all of them, all of them. Um, all right, my ice up pick. Getting close to home, man. I'm icing up my mother-in-law. Oh God. Yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you sure you want to do this? Yes, I'm okay. ready. Flipping it. I'm she ain't gonna it watch I'm it. it. You, if you do that, I will say I was hacked. I'd be like, what kind of? When have you seen Tony wear goggles like this? Here's all. The rope. <laughs> Here's all the rope. Go ahead and hang yourself from it if you want. Oh, I'm yeah, ready, man. Yeah. Fuck this, man. I was pissed as a motherfucker. So. <laughs> My mother-in-law is retired. All right, she just retired last year. She's in good health for the most part. Um she would spend when my little girls if if my kids birthday was tomorrow, she'd spend like 800 bucks on dresses for my little girls. Like bill, you know, it's just like god, too much. But I mean like thank you, but too much. <laughs> thank you. So we go out. So first of all, my mother-in-law does not like to do commit to anything when it comes to like her time though. So she wants to be with her grandchildren all the time, but she doesn't want to be like, I'll pick them up every Tuesday or I'll keep them every third. You know, I'm like, it's like, no, like I So anyway, because of COVID, my kids used to take piano lessons with this lady she's not giving the lessons right now we ain't trying to do virtual crap so my mother-in-law is like a music person taught music education at the collegiate level so she said i'll get uh, you know somehow she's giving the kids the three kids piano lessons so my wife's trying to get on pick her get her to pick them up on thursday or whatever from school and then give these lessons now my kids get out at 3 30 so she picks the kids up at school uh, from school three thirty. She gives these lessons, and we're supposed to pick the kids up at six thirty. So my wife and I go out, and we like having some drinks, and then we're trying to sneak in an appetizer and have some more drinks. And you know, like if you call me and you say, I'm a, "If you know me, if you say you got to be here at six thirty, you know I'm gonna be there at seven, right? I mean, that's just how I roll." <laughs> And that's how my wife rolls, too. So it's not like, you know, we're cut from the same cloth. Anyway, so at 6.15, this lady, also known as my mother-in-law, <laughs> starts texting and calling. And she's like, "I need, we're getting hungry. You need to come get the kids. And I was like, what the fuck, man? All right, like, okay, well, it's not 6.30 yet. Hey, and you know we're not going to be there until 7, so... <laughs> Anyway, but she was like, so then she called my wife. My wife is so smart. My wife just don't answer. I was dumb. She called me next. I should have answered the phone and handed it to my wife. That's what I should have done. Instead, I answered the phone. And she was like, we're getting hungry. We could really use, like, we are going to, you know. And and she was like, we don't have enough food for it. Like, we're going to eat here, and we, like, they're eating leftovers. She's the cheapest motherfucker when it comes to food. It's so weird. She this spent a thousand. That busted-ass fridge, right? That old-ass yes. fridge. Yes, 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 <laughs> exactly. So, I was feeling good, and I said, well, just eat in front of them then. 
<laughs> if you ain't got <laughs> enough food, just fucking eat in front of them. They'll be all right. And she's like, we can't do that. And I was like, well, heaven forbid. I mean, I didn't say this because of it. But like, what the fuck, man? What kind of... Who, what kind, what kind of kid comes home from the grandma's house and they're hungry? Like, I mean, look, is they ain't asking you to pay for their college, but what the fuck is a damn Domino's pizza to you when you spend $7,000 on dresses for these Mm -hmm. girls or whatever? It's just fucking weird, man. And on top of that, she got mad. I was a little rude. I was like, just eat in front of them. Eat in front of them. I would be like, she got upset because of this and that. Anyway, I'm icing up this idea that, like, what the hell, man? The kids don't even bother y'all. What's the deal? What's the big ass deal? They their favorite meal is plain ass fucking pasta. My kids' favorite (laughs) meal is pot. It costs ninety nine cents, and that's it. And you can feed them for a week. I don't understand it. It's bizarre. I don't get people that don't come from a food culture, and that's what she is. She doesn't come from a food culture. <clears throat> food is not very important to them. It's like this thing that they just exist on. They have food, to have it, or they just, yeah. Yeah, but food in, in a peasant family, I come from a peasant family, food's very important to us, and that's how, like, we ain't get, we ain't get you no Christmas present, but you fool. That's it. So ice up. I hope she didn't listen to this. Uh, <laughs> this is the C3 Panthers podcast. Guess what? I've been with my wife for 20 years. What are you going to divorce me, lady? I'll apologize again. I already apologized for saying just eat. <laughs> I did. I had to send her a text. I'm sorry. I said that. I did. I sent her a text. I'm like, I'm sorry for being rude. I was feeling good. All right. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. Number 252-228-5098. Don't give your busted ass fringe to somebody and then... <laughs> all right um we're here on tuesday nights uh tomorrow night we're debating the rest of panther nation about how teddy how about this is they said don't talk about teddy Bridgewater. you know what they did do you remember when we were on the round ta- table cody and they were like don't talk about teddy's dick and you know what they do all they do is fucking talk about teddy's dick they just hey, don't right. know it they yeah. don't know. <laughs> right. that, that's a hey, tomorrow, bro. We gonna come in hot, Greg. That stat that you read earlier, I need that whole thing. Oh, I've got plenty of them for you. I got plenty. I need. Oh, please, do. I need you to send me every right. one. Yeah, I got that. I've been building an argument for a while. Hey, I want to ask y'all: Would y'all rather have Teddy B's dick or be a sorry quarterback, or be a good quarterback? Excuse me. Oh, I'd rather, be a, oh be a good I feel yeah. like you pull that dick out and there's no way it could get hard. Like it's so big. It's just like <laughs> the gravity. It's like a fulcrum that could lift the earth. Like here's the thing, guys. It's not possible to have a blowjob with that thing. <clears throat> not yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. What what are you talking about? This? <laughs> you, can you, like, does yeah, that feel that good? <laughs> We're off the rails, but hey, right. me, I'm gonna, right. no, no, no. Before we go, I'm Austin Tony Dunn. I don't know if he didn't want me to say anything, but tomorrow is this man's birthday. He's, hey. a old, he's an old ass man, but we love him. He started the C3 Carolina Cat Chronicles podcast, 
and we owe every Tuesday night to our man Tony Dunn. So Tony Dunn, happy birthday to you, brother. And um, yeah, enjoy your day tomorrow, big fella. Thank you. Don't worry, I'm gonna enjoy it with you happy as we fucking get on this. Happy birthday. <laughs> Nah, that's not. <laughs> All right. Uh, C3 Panthers podcast. Uh, yeah, there you go. Auto-tune it. Um, you can find Cody Lash on Twitter at? Uh, Cody Lash, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. And uh, uh, Wednesday, the brand new draft at Common. And me and my partner, Jeffrey, we're doing a uh, Cripple Connection podcast. Sometime this week, probably Friday or Saturday. And it's still going to be about Assassin's Creed. Next is um, Greg, man of many podcasts, former bearded man. Yes. Where can Uh, they find you? At the Bat Daddy 52 on Twitter. Uh, It's my only place you can really find me. Slide into my DMs, talk to me about about anything. Uh, And just check me out there. You can find everything I'm on. I'm on something probably five days out of the week. So, CK? Um, you can find me on Facebook Gaming, um, where you can hear me do more auto-tune stuff like that randomly for no other reason than it's just fun sometimes to do that. Um, I'm uh, Codizzle Allen on those uh, on those sites, most uh, social media sites. Come and find me. Um, and uh, I'll be uh, increasing the stream quality here uh, come Friday once I get my new graphics card. So that'll be good. Graphics. Graphics. Tony Dunn here, C3 Panthers Podcast. Don't tell CK's wife how much he spent. (laughs) AKA at cat underscore chronicles. And we'll see you, I guess, uh, Sunday. Post game show. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Let's get the hell out of here, man.